the Augustin Hozinga Show with your host Augustin Hozinga. Smack the shit out your bitch ass midget girlfriend, nigga. <laughs> Welcome back to the Agostino Zinga show with I, your host, Agostino Zinga, and this is episode number 740. That is 740-740 of the Agostino Zinga show. I am your host, Agostino Zinga, and I hope you're doing well wherever this podcast or live stream find you. I hope you are doing swimmingly. I'm attacking it on both fronts, live stream, podcast, same time, same place. We're not delaying. We're chugging on. Today's my fucking day off from work, so I thought, why not hit you guys with content after content after content after content, recording after recording after recording after recording, because guess what? I've got no friends. I've got no friends. I've got no friends. (laughs) No friends, gang. Yeah. Um, big up everybody that's here. Appreciate all of you. For those of you who were worried and were kind of, you know, preoccupied and stressed out about my teeth hygiene, I can let you know that I've booked in my surgery. Finally, my surgery has been booked in for the 30th, I think of January. That should be good. So I should get everything done. I should get my, you know, my, the hole in my tooth flipping, you know, opened up and sealed up. Um, I should get the nerve endings done because I've got to get a root canal because, you know, I left my teeth in poor health. First time I've been to a dentist in the long long flipping time so i've got to get that done and then of course i think the final thing is they're going to put an app they're going to put some sort of cap i have to decide which one i want because they're both really expensive but i've got to decide if i want the one that is 100 porcelain or if i want the one that's got like the metal on the inside and then it's like porcelain on top or you know what i might do actually i might see if i could just get like a, a sterling silver one just get like a silver like a you know Instead of having it, you know, pause. I, I don't think you can get that because you're gonna taste it. But that'd be pretty cool, like a little cap on the on one of my molars. Get like a nice silver one. That'd be pretty gnarly. So when I'm laughing. <laughs> You'll see that massive silver little hit there. Or maybe I just take out the whole molar and put a little ruby in there instead. So when I'm flipping munching or eating, I've got this little ruby grinding away on the back of my flipping mouth. Maybe who knows? But I got to sort out my British teeth, right? The only thing flipping English about me is definitely my teeth so i've got to get that sorted out asap um i'm actually looking forward to it to be honest i'm not gonna lie this is a new area no a new era of teeth hygiene for me and i'm gonna take it seriously from now on because you know getting to a point where my teeth in the root canal is pretty bad pretty embarrassing especially for me because i was considering going to turkey and getting turkish chompers so you know i probably should focus on just taking care of the teeth i already have instead of going to flipping turkey and getting these teeth filed down just for the sake of it i'm not doing that so i can't wait to get that sorted um january 30th i'll give you guys an update as it goes on i might be incompass i might be incompassidido or whatever that flipping however you say that word in spanish right <laughs> for incapacitated but whatever i'm gonna make an effort i'm gonna do what needs to be done i might actually do a little bit of a backlog in terms of content wise just to make sure i'm not missing any days but apart from that i've been fairly decent one other thing that happened recently that's really funny i remember this is one of my triggers right this is really strange 
I think one of my triggers sometimes is that I don't take kindly to people like just being rude to me unnecessarily in public. I don't take kindly to it, right? So I have these like weird, like kind of like, you know, I, I do this like weird self-speak where I'm sort of like arguing myself. So I found, because sometimes I have a tendency at the slightest bit of like friction or like tension or like confrontation, I have, an, I have a tendency to kind of just answer it with aggression as well. I'll kind of go crazy. It doesn't look like it because I look like a big soft teddy bear. But if somebody kind of starts to slight me in public, whether it's a train, you know, somebody working at the tickets thing at the gates when you're about to go into a station, somebody working at a shop, like just one of those kind of interactions, I'll just kind of fly off the handle and go zero to 100 straight away. So I realized why I do it because the other day someone kind of gagged me. <laughs> I went to Lidl after I went to the gym in the morning, right? And it's usually empty. So I went to the gym at like 6am. I go to Lidl to go buy some stuff for breakfast and shit. I leave. And then I guess because I was so tired, because it was quite a, a deep, it's quite a serious workout that I, I did. I guess I just left Lidl like in a bit of a daze. But as I'm walking out, the security guard stops me. And he's like, hey, you got to go. Like, but I got my headphones in. He keeps pointing and saying something and pointing. I was like, well, I couldn't hear what was going on. Then I turn around and there's this like kind of like stud looking woman that's there, right? A, like a black stud, right? A stud looking girl come, come pops up. And she kind of says something to me like, and she does like a little smirky, a little snarky smirk sort of thing. That obviously sets me off. I then double tap my earphones, right? My little power beats. I give it a little tap. I stop it. I was like, what? And she's like, oh, you got to pay for your stuff. I was like, but I did pay for it. And I was like, oh, and, and no, but then I said, but I did pay for it. And I said something like, what, 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 what? And she's, and she kind of like mouthed or repeated what I said. Like, what, what, what? something like that. She kind of, and then I, I couldn't realize what was going on. By the time I realized what was going on, she was walking back and I started following her. And then when I got to the till, I realized, oh shit, in my haze of like, you know, my workout haze, I forgot to tap my card. Like I scanned everything, but I forgot to tap it at the self-checkout thing. So then I'm trying to process, oh shit, I forgot to tap it. That's embarrassing. But then I'm also trying to process, did that girl just like, like mock me? Did that stud just like imitate me and just like, like kind of like, you know, uh, 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 like try and get like what, what was going on there. So I had to kind of decide what war to pick, what battle to pick. Do I just pick the battle of like okay, making sure I make it very clear that I wasn't trying to steal and I just forgot to pay and pay the stuff, or do I try and pick this war and fight this stud? And I think to myself, hold on, I'm in the middle of a little. I just finished a workout. My legs are tired. I'm 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 literally incapacitated. Right, my cardio is gone. Do I try and fight a stud in the middle of Lidl and then get washed? Do I try and fight a stud in the middle of Lidl and she catches me with a good right hand and I'm just like sparked out? So I've got no shopping. <laughs> I've got no shopping. I just got sparked out by a stud <laughs> and I'm tired and I'm covered in all like weightlifting chalk. I had to decide very quickly what to do. So I picked the easiest thing, which is just to pay for my items, paid for them. And then as I was walking out, um i saw her again and i was like what did you say and she said what i said what did you say earlier when we were walking in and she said oh no no nothing nothing i was talking to my colleague i'll talk to my colleague i was like you're talking to your colleague so yeah 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 and then and in that moment i wanted to say i thought you were talking to i wanted to make something but i couldn't get it out you know and i just left it so i left i left it there and i walked out and then when i was walking out i started arguing myself i was like why didn't you just say this to her? Why didn't you say that to her? And then I realized in that moment, oh, this is the reason why I react so angrily sometimes in public. 
because I hate walking home with that inner speak, that like regret of like, oh, you should have said that, you should have said this, you should have tripped her, you should have slapped her, you should have pulled her by her dreads. Like all this stuff I'm thinking in my head I should have done, I didn't do in the moment and I lived to, I kind of, I kind of regret it, obviously. So now I understand myself better. I understand now why I fly off the handle. I fly off the handle because I dislike having that self-talk. I dislike having to fucking, you know, I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's basically my 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 last couple of days. I'm sat there thinking like, should I have should I have slid on this stud? Should I have fucking weighed this stud in in the middle of fucking Lidl at like 7:30 a.m.? Should I just weigh her in and then got arrested? Rago, fuck it, free me. <laughs> should I? because now I've got this internal dialogue that's going on where I'm like, did she just mug me off? Am I a fucking pussy to this girl? Did she absolutely sun me? Did she gag me? Did she leave me just like, uh, 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 uh? I think she did. I think the stud fucking read me like a book. Even though I told, I, I pressed her after, I like, hey, well, who are you talking to? Even in that moment, I felt like a bit of a loser. I felt like, am I trying to bully a stud or something? Like, I, don't, I don't know. It was weird. It was a weird emotion, weird fucking roller coaster. I'm glad I didn't interact and didn't, you know, get into physical altercation because in that moment, she probably could have beat me up. I'm not going to lie because, like I said, I was fucking, you know, back squatting like 400 pounds and shit. You know what I mean? For reps. Ats, 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 ats. So the last thing I could do was move. So I'm glad I didn't fucking do that. So um, big up the little stud um, who gagged me. You taught me a good lesson, which is I'm always going to react with violence now. <laughs> I'm just going to go to the end. Fuck it. Let's go. Just go to the end. Let's go to the end. But yeah, big up the stream chat. I appreciate all of you. Big up bodybuilding news. Wagwan, Stephen Kelly. I see ya. Big up fashion road, man. Turkish chief. Nah, man. They're not a madness, man. Those Turkish chief are what I deserve. We all deserve that. As English people, as British people, we deserve Turkish teeth because we all have terrible teeth here. The British standard, that's the one thing that kind of unites us. We might be a different race. We might have different religion. We might be a different sexual orientation. We might have different beliefs about the world, different outlooks. But the one thing that ties us all together is how fucked up all our teeth are. <laughs> We've all got fucked up teeth. That's the one thing that ties us all together. And we deserve it. We deserve some Turkish chompers, some Turkish delights. If you don't want to go to Turkey, guess where you can go with it? Bitch, you guessed it, Tijuana. Why not? Go to Tijuana, go to fucking Puerto Rico, go to Dominican Republic. You can go to all these nice exotic places, get your tan on, and then get your fucking chompers. Get your two rows of Johnny Bravos. Nya, 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 nya. I like that. Yo, big up Tracy Abbott. I see ya. I see ya. Um, big up Game Breed Footballer. I see ya. What's good? What's good? Some guy, I see you. What's popping? What's cracker lacking? Let's bloody go. First things first I want to talk about. First things first I want to talk about, right? This sort of stuff is funny to me because this kind of reminds me a little bit of the people that I kind of grew up in in my ends or the people that I kind of grew up with in from ends, right? Or where, where I used to live, where my mom, where my mom still lives at the moment. Um, but then just, just generally just kind of represent a lot of like family trauma growing up in the household where basically feelings and emotions aren't really encouraged where you're sort of like told to kind of bottle everything up in one way i'm kind of happy i grew up that way 
because I'm not some whiny bitch boy. Like, I'm not just always out here crying and complaining and asking people to have sympathy for me and always fucking, you know, complaining about something and talking about my mental health a million times. Like, that's lame, right? I think the people that actually do suffer from those things are the ones that suffer the most when people who just have a slight bit of inconvenience, who meet the one little hurdle in their life, automatically wave the fucking depression, wave the mental health fucking flag. The ones that actually have it are the ones that suffer because you take away the tension from them. You take away the resources from them because you just, you know, you got to work late because you fucking lost your fucking wallet. You know what I mean? Like, jog on, jog on. But I think in general, that's sort of like tough, you know, British English dip upper lip. That's sort of like conventional machismo, um, toxic masculinity thing of like, you know, pushing all your emotions deep down into your subconsciousness right to the point where it doesn't exist anymore and it only maybe explodes later on down the line when you decide to fucking run your car into a fucking group of fucking pedestrians right that sort of rage is a good thing to keep bottled up because i think as men you're meant to just kind of you know keep it moving one foot in front of the other but i do think there's a beauty in being able to be emotionally open vulnerable um you know with your friends with your other male friends. Like if you can't do that with your family, if you couldn't do that growing up, then you owe it to yourself to do it with your friends, people you consider your compadres, your homies, your hombres, right? Your chicos. You should do it with them if you can't do it with anybody else. So I saw this clip and I thought to myself, this is incredible because these guys are probably older than me and the lack of emotional um eq the the lack of emotional intelligence the lack of emotional capacity the lack of maturity in this conversation is startling but it's also quite nice to see because it is representation of what regular guys are like like away from trying to look like they're you know um away from trying to look like they're progressive and evolved and mature online to impress the itches in real life away from all the fucking, you know, possibilities of whatever, impressing girls and stuff, this is how actual boys actually talk. And this, again, should be an example for all the women, all the men out there who are wondering to themselves, why is my partner unable to, like, express emotions? Why can't they tell me they love me? Why can't they talk about how they feel or their plans for the future, whatever it may be? Why are they so emotionally stunted? This is the reason why, because day-to-day, you're hanging out with guys, we're hanging out with guys who have the emotional range of a fucking, you know, I don't know, the emotional range of what? What's a good example? They have the emotional range, the emotional capacity. They have the, they have the emotional range of a mini fucking McFlurry. You know, the, not, not the big one the mini mcflurry you know that mini mcflurry after like two three spoons it's already gone that's the that's the lack of emotional range that they have i tell you it's absolutely wonderful to see so i'm going to show you right now what i mean and then you're going to see wagwan with the situation let me show you what i'm talking about let me show you because this video legit made me laugh hey yo big up um Nerd affiliate. Leave us adult PJ shoppers alone. <laughs> Unless Baba starts doing it. Hey yo. Smiley face. Big up Nerd affiliate. Appreciate you. Thank you for the super chat. Yo, big up my guy Rodeo Brito. Wagwan, bang your fucking chest. Bodybuilder News, what's good? Bang your chest. Eddie D, what's good? Bang your chest. 
Oh, and a guy, what's this called? Oh, Magico. What's going on with Magico? Anyway, let me show you what emotional range doesn't look like. That was um, very touching, yeah? My mum reminded me that I never had a disc. <laughs> so I did my revisions for sets on the stairs. But I don't remember it. She was like, yeah, like it was, it was weird because every time I walked, everyone was walking past you, you're just on the stairs revising for your test. Have you ever done a dining table? You <laughs> have never you know, sat around the dining table no, and eating food. No, I get that. You've got a dining table. There's no dining table in the house, In the kitchen. There's no dining table. You don't eat in the kitchen. Everyone goes to their bedroom or everyone goes in the living room. Why are you revising your bedroom? Because my bedroom was my sister and my brother and my auntie as well. I'm talking about my old house. Oh, okay. I moved to Rash when I was 16, so I already done my set. Oh, okay. Talking about when I was like 11. So I was rising on the stairs. So Mia's now got a desk, chair. It was very like, rah, you've actually got a desk and chair. That's <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I didn't have that. I just lay down on the bed with my feet in the air, bro. Reading this AQA book. I don't remember where I revived it. Yeah, now my mum reminded me. I don't remember either. There was certain, there's bare memories I've just like forgotten about. So my mum reminds me. Oh, snap. That's fucking hilarious, right? That's hilarious because, number one, I kind of understand this guy's lack of interest and, you know, um, lack of, you know, emotional vulnerability when his boy is kind of pouring his heart out about how hard it was growing up revising back in the day in a house where there was no desk, right? I can't understand why because sometimes as dudes, especially guys from ENDS, especially immigrants, right, especially minorities, we do sometimes have a tendency to eulogize or to sometimes lionize our struggle. We sometimes love to talk about it with almost poverty-tinted glasses. We want that fucking... What's that movie with Will Smith where he's trying to fucking make it? You know, whatever that fucking movie is, right? We all kind of want that sort of storyline. We all want this kind of like, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, you know, got it from the mud type of story. And we want to make out that we were really poor. Yeah, pursuit of happiness, that we were really poor. We were really down bad when really we, would, we weren't really that poor. We really weren't that down bad. And we didn't really have nothing because nowadays, especially now you're older or now that we're older and you have jobs and stuff, you have relationships, you have your own families, you know what having nothing looks like. You have way more life experiences. You know what nothing looks like. But when you think about how you used to act back in the day or how you used to interpret your situation, you'd maybe think you were poor just because your mum didn't buy you a PlayStation, which is dumb because imagine if you've got siblings. You live in a household with like two, three, four, five siblings and you're expecting your parents to give you a PlayStation just for you and then to get your brothers and sisters their own gifts it's like bro of course you didn't get a playstation for you for your birthday because you know they couldn't fucking afford it because there's five other mouths to feed that doesn't mean you're poor doesn't mean you had nothing it just means they couldn't get it for you at that moment maybe they might have got it for you two years down the line uh, one year down the line you might have to buy it second hand or something but eventually you got it so i do understand we sometimes like to you know put our struggle or our pain on the pedestal we want to kind of again maybe monday monday morning quarterback our fucking hustle i understand where it can be sometimes annoying but in this instance in this instance these young men they look kind of old this guy looks like he might be what early 40s maybe he might be one of those guys that looks like he's younger but he might be actually 50 they're way too old to not be able to have a mature conversation around these type of things. Now, I don't I didn't see the context. This this is like a 50 minute 50 second clip. 
They could have been big up wingers, McDingers. Big up has big up chat. <laughs> me, me, I can take, take a, a hiatus. Me, I can take a hiatus. Woo! Me, I can take a hiatus. Swag. Me, I can take a hiatus. Woo! Yo, big up wingers, McDingers. Appreciate you. Um, they're way too old. They're way too old not to be able, or he's looked way too old not to be able to put his fork down and just have a conversation with his boy about this, you know, point in his life, this, this kind of like fork in the road moment, this kind of pivotal moment that his mum reminded him of that's making him appreciative of what he has now. Like, oh my God, look how far I've come. There was a time in my life where I used to have to revise on the fucking stairs. They're way too old for it. And of course, the second point, which I have to make, I don't want to make it, but I have to make it. This guy's eating fucking Chinese on a podcast. Who eats during a podcast? I don't, I've never understood it personally for me. I look at low cows a lot, right? Wing, Wings of Redemption is a big one that I kind of check out. And of course, the Hassan Abbey guy who a lot of people online don't like. One of the things that I don't like about Hassan, even though I don't, I don't mind his streams, even though he has weird fucking opinions about politics and about the world and stuff. And he's a bit of a raging hypocrite. That aside, his streams are pretty hard to watch. Because he decides to just eat midstream. And I'm thinking to myself, isn't there a time before the stream or after the stream where you can eat? Or if you're really ravished, isn't there a possibility where you can just play a video and then just eat off camera? Or at least turn the mic off? Why do you have to slob on your fucking munch, on your rice, on your chicken, on your noodles and fucking lick that shit into a microphone? Wings of Redemption does it, who's nearly 500 pounds, right? a complete like overweight obese monster and Hassan Abi does it who's relatively in good shape so it's not like a fat thing it's just like some guys like to sit in front of a mic midstream and just start eating now if you're doing a cooking show and you you're you know you're sampling some of the stuff that you're cooking and whatever it may be or you're going to restaurants that's completely different I know what I'm watching but if I'm watching you doing a podcast where you're talking about hey um should guys pay for the first day did that time I went to the club and I got a table oh my god did you hear Hedy One's new single if I'm listening to you talking about all these topics I don't want to suddenly mid episode hear you slobbering on fucking what is it um fucking chow meng right and if I'm not mistaken that looks like sweet and sour chow meng this guy might be in his early 40s and he's eating lunch of a fucking 16 year old who still eats sweet and sour chow meng when you're over the age of fucking 17? That's absolutely insane. On the podcast too. And you have, and you don't have the ability to put your fucking fork down, seal that little plastic container up and say to your boy, ah oh, man, that's, fu- that's fucked up, man. How do you feel about that? And have some level of emotional fucking, vun- you know, equal, some sort of electrical connection, something. What's the fucking term? Isn't it like, um, uh, lack of emotional fucking range? Or emotional intelligence. Isn't it like um Elexi theme Fimea or something like that? Elexi something, right? It's, a con- it's like a it's like a diagnosis people have, right? A condition where they're unable to have any kind of emotional capacity or whatever it may be, right? They can't relate to you. It's kind of bordering on that kind of sociopathy, psychopathy kind of level, right? So maybe there is a possibility that he may actually get in his fucking Range Rover Sport and mow down some pedestrians when he doesn't feel like, you know, living one day but come on brother if somebody's having this moment where they're actually opening up to you maybe just put your fucking knife and fork down and talk i never understood the whole eating thing on the thing it's very very bizarre but i also think i'm going too far i don't think it's all of those things i just think this is a condition known as bad man this is a condition known as bad man this is a condition known as bad man don't dance bad man don't laugh too much bad man are never that too happy 
bad man don't hug, right? Like, this is one of those kind of connections, you know what I mean? So in this kind of range, bad man don't show that their, their feelings are hurt, right? You just got to, like, bottle up and, and act like it's nothing. No, it's something, bro. The reason why he doesn't remember, it's like me. I don't remember some of my traumatic experiences in life. Why? Because they were traumatic. That's why I don't remember them. I do what every other guy does and I, you know, like on a Windows PC, I'll partition that shit. Is it partitioning, right? On Windows, there's a thing that you can do where you can partition the hard drive. That's what I do, bruv. I'll partition that shit. That shit goes over there. I don't fucking remember that shit anymore. All men do that. But guess what? It's not healthy. It's not good. When you're older, you should probably, like myself, seek some fucking psych psychological help. You probably should go to a therapist or do some sort of self-work. Obviously, we don't do it and we wait until it reaches the fucking end point when we're in the middle of a fucking Asda screaming into the sky and punching cell systems before we get some help. But still, the point remains. You're clearly, you're clearly going through something. That's why you decide to fucking, you know, control, only delete your fucking memory. You know what you're going through. So you would expect a little bit more of a, you know, some sort of, uh, some sort of range there. But in this case, it doesn't make any sense. Let's play it one more time because this might be one of the most hilarious videos I've ever fucking seen. This lack of emotional range with these type of people, especially given how old they look, is fucking bizarre. They're acting like 17 year olds when they've probably both got kids, mortgages, you know, big group of, you know, a big family, big group of friends, responsibilities. And here they are unable, unable to emote, unable to connect, unable to, uh, you know, have any kind of sensible grown up conversation. This is fucking brilliant. One more time with this video. One thing that was um, very touching, yeah. My mum reminded me that I never had a desk. <laughs> so I did my revisions for sets on the stairs. To be, to be fair too, isn't this quite normal? I don't, I don't think we didn't, we had a dining table in my house and we were, we weren't, we didn't have much money. We were, we were kind of poor as well. Everybody in ends is poor. When everyone in ends is poor, no one's really poor because you're all on the same sort of level, right? You're all fucking sharing sandwiches. You're all going to each other's houses because if one person doesn't have a games console, one person does. So you just go to that person's house to go play. Like it's not that deep. And usually the mums know Wagwan. So if they see somebody looking a bit ratty, they, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll with, um, with grace and dignity, they'll help them out, whatever it may be. You know what I mean, like everyone just helps each other out. There isn't no really, do you know what I mean? The, the, the richest person in ends is probably the kid that can afford an actual legit Nike tracksuit from fucking Foot Locker or JD Sports. That might be the richest person, but everybody's kind of on the same level. So I think most people didn't really have tables. If they did have a table, it was like a dining room table. But again, the other issue is if you've grown up in an Asian, in a black or in a Caribbean household, even some of my Hispanic people out there, you will know if your mom has a dining table, most likely she won't let you do your homework on there. Or if she does, she'll make you fucking put a mat on top of the table so you don't mark it up. Like your mom isn't going to let you just use the dining room table to do your homework and to start fucking, you know, marking shit with your Stabilo Boss highlighter. That's not going to happen. So she will actually tell you, no, go revise on your fucking bed. You're not fucking getting your dirty marks or your big pen biro all over my table. So most people in ends didn't have tables. And if you did have a table... Your mum didn't let you use it anyway, you know? So we all had to work from the from the bedroom. It's not that big of a deal. Like, I think most people even nowadays probably... I bet you most people, most people nowadays probably use their laptops in bed anyway. I bet most people spend the majority of their time browsing on their smartphone, on their laptops, in bed, lying down, on the side. Like, that's just what people do. Like, it's not that big of a deal, really. But I don't remember it. 
She was like, yeah, like, it was, it was weird because every time I walk, everyone's walking past you, you're just on the stairs revising for your test. <laughs> Imagine having him as a brother. Imagine having him as a brother. You're trying to fucking twang your mum to let you out and he's on the stairs revising. Like, come on, man, you fucking meek, man. Stop, stop showing us up. Let's do some madness, man. Let's do some badness, bro. You're here on the on the stairs, like doing your fucking equations and shit, trying to pass your fucking accounting degree, while we're trying to twang mum to let us out. We're trying to fucking manipulate, you know, and you know, and fucking uh, <laughs> gaslight our mums to try and let us out. And you're there on the stairs, fucking solving, you know, doing fucking Pythagoras theorem shit. Like, come on, man. We didn't dining table. We have never. <laughs> Sat around the dining table no, eating food. No, I get that. To be fair, I think most black families don't have dining tables. I, I, honestly, it's not a good thing because I think you know I grew up in a family where we had a dining table, but we didn't really use it to revise. And when we when we ate as a family, we'd eat in one room, but we'd all have a little tray. We had a little like you know like a you know like Americans have that you know how Americans have that like fat person tray, that little thing that they have the fat person tray. You see a lot in my five hundred pound life, like they kind of waddle in the fucking room with a little tray right or they have like a little cart thing we'd have one of those and you just kind of sit eating that and that was jokes back in the day i only realized later on that in life that that was like a thing that obese people have when they waddle in so they can have all their fucking shit in one plate i mean the fucking mac and cheese the burgers the pizzas all in one plate waddling in and the big fucking glass of fucking orange aid you got a dining table there's no dining table in my house bro in the kitchen there's no dining table you don't eat in the kitchen <laughs> to be fair the kitchen was a bit of a vibe in my house the kitchen was a place where you could kind of like you know gather your thoughts chill there was i wouldn't say privacy but there was some level of like you know you could be after after people cooked no one really hung out in the kitchen so you could kind of do your own thing chill you know look out look out through the window and see nothing because there was a fucking you know a fence there but still you kind of could see the outside world by just sitting on the inside you know Everyone goes to their bedroom or everyone goes in the living room. Why are you revising your bedroom? Because my bedroom was my sister and my brother and my auntie. <laughs> Yo, sleeping in the bedroom with your sister and your auntie is real poverty. He might have grown up actually poor though. I'm not going to lie. He might actually have a real reason to tell this story because of his come up. Like he might be really doing well for himself now. So he has a reason to pat himself on the back. Sleeping in a bedroom with your sister and your auntie is wild. Like... So what is that a bunk? So like what, what? Your mum and your sister, your auntie and your sister are in the bunk bed, and where are you on the floor? Are you like in a? Are you like in a tent? Are you like on a futon? Are you got like a foldable bed? Like what are you doing? That's wild, bro. Especially because they're two women, two girls too. So what? You basically can't be in there most of the time. You just have to just go in there and sleep, <laughs> and then just like leave. <laughs> As well, I'm talking about my old house. Oh, okay. I moved to Rass when I was 16. So I already done my sets. Oh, okay. Talking about when I was like 11. <laughs> He's he can't honestly. If you're gonna be a, if you're gonna if you're gonna eat chicken chow mein on a podcast, you then can't have bits falling out of your mouth, especially when you're in your forties. I already done my sets. Oh, okay. Man's got like bits falling out of his mouth eating chicken chow mein. And also, if you're over 40 years old, you can't eat chicken chow mein on a podcast, and you can't wear your do rag like that. You can't look like um, what's his name? Is it Guap Dad? Um, or who's that other guy? Who's that rapper that came up with fucking, um, who came up with, um, Excess Tentacion, who wears it to the side? You can't do that when you're over 40. You can't wear your do rag to the side like that. Like you got a little fucking, 
you know, like you got a little dangling hair there. That's not it. That's only for the young kids. Only kids under 20 can wear their do-rags like this. When you're over 40, you, you just wear a classic sort of like R&B little scully thing, right? That's all you wear, that, that kind of Tyrese hat. But you can't wear a do-rag. You can't wear a do-rag and you can't eat chicken chow mein on the fucking podcast. We got that right? Cool. Let's go. Talking about when I was like 11. So I was rising on the stairs. So Mia's now got a desk, chair. So it's very like, rah, you've actually got a desk and chair. Next level. Just- <laughs> <laughs> Next level. He's just got his head down the entire time. Next level. As he's eating his chicken chow mein with a fork, by the way. No chopsticks, no sides, no sauce, right? No fucking anything. Just just straight box of chicken chow mein. Or like, no, or sweet and sour chow mein, it looks like. Can you imagine, bro? Can you imagine ordering? Like, imagine your lack of fucking taste buds. Imagine your limited fucking, you know, palate of fucking food that you eat. That you're sitting there eating chicken, like sweet and sour Chicken chow mein or whatever it Ch- chow mein just in general. Can you imagine how much you don't fucking explore your taste buds or culinary delights out there that the only thing you order is that? Fuck me. You know what I'm saying? I, I didn't have that. I just lay down on the bed with my feet in the air, bro. Reading this AQA book. I don't remember where I revised. Yeah, my mom reminded me. I don't remember either. I don't remember why I revised. Yeah, because you probably didn't revise. <laughs> like the rest of us. We probably we all didn't revise. I think the only time I actually revised properly. Yo, big up NJ Ranger. Appreciate you, brother. What's good? King in the castle. King in the castle. I have a. <laughs> big up fucking NJ Ranger. Big up NJ Ranger. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you. But yeah, um, what can you do? What can you do? These guys are doing what they're doing. Emotional range is on minus fucking zero. It is what it is. Um, there's nothing else you can fucking add onto it. I just found it incredibly, incredibly funny that his bro, his boy is pouring his heart out, pouring his heart out. And this guy's out here saying, yeah, that's mad. Yo, that's mad, you know? Wow, really? What? So what? You, you man didn't have a table. You man didn't have a table, no? All right, cool, 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 cool. No, that's, that's mad still. What? You guys didn't have a table. That's fucking mad. What? What? <laughs> it's like, do you have anything more to say, sir? Apart from that's mad. Apart from rah. Do you have anything more to say, sir? Any more syllables? Any more words? Any more phrases? Any more sayings? Or is that it? Okay, cool. Great. Good to know. Good to fucking know. All right. Okie dokie. Let's continue because i've got many more things here that i want to talk to you about if you're watching the show live and you're enjoying what you're seeing you see what you like you like what you see right and you're a fucking friend of the blacks you are a compadre of the ic freeze right you're respectful of mlk day mlk day that just passed i think our version of mlk day is probably going to be benjamin zephaniah day right r.i.p to him that's probably our version of fucking mlk day or or when fucking lenny henry dies we'll probably celebrate him right but if you're out there and you're a fucking fan of the blacks right and you want to show solidarity you know what you should do like the fucking stream that's it if you're not a fan of the blacks then of course you know unlike the stream that's perfectly okay I'm perfectly okay with fucking discrimination based on color of my skin and my race. I think that's perfectly fine. (laughs) If I can hate you for the choice of shoes you wear, 
and for your awful haircuts, right? And your choice of ugly mates and your really horrible looking kids, then you can also hate me for the color of the skin that I not choose to get born in. It's perfectly fine around here. Casual racism, perfectly fine. Perfectly fucking fine. So big up everybody that's tuning in. Appreciate you all. Always, always, always appreciate you. And we just continue going on. Next on the list here. Let's talk about this. So I covered this pretty extensively on my podcast regarding Octavian and his former girlfriend and the really crazy um, domestic violence dispute, abuse, harassment situation that went down because it was a fascinating story because Octavian at one point, Octavian at one point, and this is not me being hyperbolic, but you know, this is not me being hype, you know, using any terms of hyperbole in this regard. Act Octavian was legitimately going to be the next, you know, the out the UK version of fucking Travis Scott. He had crossover appeal. He was embraced by all the streetwear gods. The kids fucking loved him. The sound was super unique. His voice was really unique. Everything was kind of going his way. And then, of course, the story comes out where he was involved in a really crazy domestic dispute with his on and off girlfriend at the time. And then she detailed loads of really crazy accounts of him being very abusive emotionally, both physically. She provided evidence in terms of texts and videos. And it just made him look like a bit of a monster. And I have to say... He might legitimately be one of the only people that I've seen from the UK who legitimately got cancelled. He actually got cancelled. You think about it. He's never really made a comeback. He's never really been at the same level he once was previously based on those allegations alone. That's it. His career got completely tanked. Um, the lady in question went on to do a documentary with the BBC, I think, which was really good. It kind of detailed, unfortunately, no, I say really good as a viewer. Obviously, it wasn't really good for her, but it was really informative, let me say, in terms of, you know, exploring the really dark side of the music industry and what kind of goes on. Um, if anything, think that documentary was a real bummer to watch i don't recommend you check it out it'll really make you sad because essentially what that girl was able to prove was that octavian's label was complicit octavian's label purposely told her not to go to the police they purposely dismissed the story they didn't really treat it with any kind of seriousness and if anything the label themselves were complicit the labels of themselves were the ones that somewhat enabled octavian now again octavian is responsible for his own actions but that level of manipulation that level of coercion whatever it may be to protect their asset is what kind of creates these kind of monsters because they can feel like they can get away with murder so obviously that obviously will feel you a little bit bummed out so um it was surprising to read this courtesy of the shade that you know, he got found not guilty, I guess, not guilty or cleared, I'm not really too sure what the definition is, but the uh, ex-girlfriend released a statement because of what happened, and um, it's a really interesting story, regardless, just to kind of talk about this overall, and to kind of maybe have an understanding of what happens next now, because if he has been proven to be innocent, or he got cleared or whatever, what does that mean for his career, what does that mean for her, like, what does that mean in general, like, I don't know. It's just a really strange situation. So let me just really um, read, quickly read the caption here and see this. Um, former partner of Octavian, Hannah, has released a statement following the rapper being cleared of all charges of abuse. The rapper's investigation, which spanned a three-year course, found the rapper to have all allegations against him dropped. In her statement, Hannah encourages victims of abuse to continue to share their stories. So let me actually read the actual statement from this girl, right? She says as follows. 
Um, three years ago, I shared an incredibly vulnerable story on social media in a bid to claim back my identity after being abused and silenced. I had ir irrefutable evidence of a video, photos, texts and NDAs offering me £20,000, witnesses, free confessions and more to prove everything I went through over the course of three years. Despite this, a few months ago, the police finally rounded up their investigation to inform me that this would not go to trial because they did not feel he would be prosecuted if he went to trial. So he didn't get found innocent. It basically, the, the, they advised that, hey, if we go to trial, he's not going to be found guilty. You're going to have to go through the whole trial court process, have all these weird feelings drummed up again. You're going to be, you know, it's not going to put you in a good place. You're going to have the scrutiny of the media, people commenting on social media. It's just probably not what you need right now. So I guess they told her to drop it, I'm assuming. Um, and obviously with it being three years since it's happened, she's maybe moved on now. Maybe she's starting to heal. Maybe this is the best solution, um, you know, for all parties included. But it definitely doesn't exonerate him because it seems that the police advised her that this, you know, it wouldn't, she, he wouldn't get prosecuted if he went to court. So I guess he can't really say he's innocent, really. It continues. A quick Google search or just basic common sense will provide you with the fact that the justice system does not have the reputation of supporting and protecting our women against violent crime, which is true. I think if I remember correctly, I remember seeing a stat. I think in the UK, less than 1% of rapes are actually convicted, which is a bit of a weird stat because I think it gets, I guess the reason why it's there is because most rapes aren't actually even reported. I think that's the actual really scary part about it. Most, you know, bits of most um, instances of, you know, sexual assault, sexual harassment aren't actually reported. They're not, you know, I guess women don't really want to go through with it. And the whole rape kit thing, how intrusive it is, how humiliating it may be, the trauma that it kind of brings up, PTSD, whatever it may be. So most, I guess, just try and move on um, without actually reporting it. But the ones that do go through that process of actually reporting it, less than 1% are actually convicted. Um, which is really crazy when you think about it. Um, but it continues. But also, when you think about the UK and the sentencing and how some people, you know, go to prison for like 30 years for weed crimes and other people get fucking five years for touching kids, you know, the the, the conviction... The convictions in the UK are all over the place. I'm sure it's the same in most Western countries, but in the UK, it's really... It's, uh, it's, 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 um, it's completely unpredictable. Like, you can never really predict what someone's going to get. It's really, really insane. It continues um blah, blah blah statistics on domestic violence convictions are heartbreaking three and four cases do not see justice system against the abuser they recently said that they have not what well, they recently said that they are not jailing rapists because jails are full the entire system is a mess conviction rates are reported to have declined at an alarming rate since covid like i said um with all them with all that in mind someone who has moved out of the country is obviously sad um to not be on the high priority of the risk of the, of the victim oh yeah because i think she moved to like the middle east or somewhere right i think so I think she moved to the Middle East. I think she moved to the Middle East. Over the last few years, I've refrained from commenting on the harassment and false narratives pushed by, by, by my abuser because I have been focused on moving on with my life and it's simply not worth my time or energy to engage in a baseless nonsense. To be fair, this is one of the reasons why I always believed her because she was never a clout demon. She never approached this with the intention of using it as a platform to kind of 
signal boost or to have a career as an entertainer or whatever it may be. She just took part in that documentary of the BBC, spoke her truth and basically disappeared from the limelight and just kind of does her thing on social media. But she never tried to turn it into like a thing. Do you know what I mean? That's where I kind of, you know, I was like, you know what? She could easily have done it if she wanted to when she probably would not have been blamed, especially considering what she went through. But the fact that she purposely tried to stay out of it and only responded when Octavian would come out and say whatever he said and she would defend herself was like okay most likely this did happen which was you know kind of sad to be fair on all parts it continues um because i wanted to speak out today but i wanted to speak out today sorry because i feel responsibility to other victims who've supported me and found themselves um to not let the system down a case not making it to trial does not mean that the accused has been proven innocent nobody can tell you what you suffered nobody can tell you what your body witnessed your trauma cannot be invalidated or validated by anybody and it's not up to anybody to decide whether or not you deserve justice for what you went through i was always made aware from the beginning of the likelihood of seeing justice through the system uh, being low but i had already got my justice by speaking up and defending myself i created a boundary and took my power back i took the stand I took a stand and let my abuser know that what he was doing wasn't no longer going to be accepted or hidden behind closed doors. I fought back and as difficult as it was, it was necessary. So that's very true to be fair. Um, You know, as probably, as probably weird as it sounds nowadays, you know, there is the likelihood of getting somebody convicted off the back of a sexual assault claim, unfortunately, or abuse uh, is not high, right? We don't really see many instances of these high profile men going behind bars but i guess one of the good things about me too again there's a lot of unnecessary bad things about it especially some of the women who have kind of weaponized it um you know for the benefit of their you know of their own ego and to kind of launch their own careers but one of the great things about me too is the shame is created the shame around people basically knowing what you get up to behind closed doors the things that you've done to people that you are meant to kind of love and hold dear like everybody being aware of that that public shaming is the best thing because i think with some of these guys they're abused they like to do it in silence they don't want people to know so when somebody does go on record and say hey this person did x y and z to me that can be just as bad as them having to rot in prison for the rest of their lives and again it's not much it's not ever going to repair or to heal whatever damage this person went through but it does go some way in terms of alerting people and letting people know that hey this guy is a fucking piece of shit and that's the main thing that needs to be done now the other thing that i want to talk about is cancel culture in general right because for me oh okay oh there's more okay cool there's more sorry let me continue i urge victims to do the same no matter what speak up tell somebody and fight for your right to be seen and heard i do not regret going to the police it um it makes a statement in ending the pattern of abuse it is just one of many steps you take to let your abuser know that you will no longer be abused to claim back your identity and to free you of the trauma torment and violation you did not deserve the cycle may seem never ending but there is an end and only you decide when that is and with that being said i'm putting everything to bed today once and for all wow what a brave girl instead of and what a mature person too instead of continuing to persist with this she's like you know what okay cool the courts of the court system is fucking shit i've kind of got my justice publicly by you know letting people know what happened and if this is it then fair enough i've said my piece but you know you all know wagwan right okay fair play um with that being said i'm putting everything to bed today once and for all 
This is the last I'll speak on my situation. I am miles past my own trauma and deserve to move on and enjoy the beautiful life I've built since healing. Moving forward, I have healed through writing a book for trauma survivors. Though inspired by my own experiences, I purposely turned it into a work of fiction to sever any ties of my abuser. Jesus, she's totally moved on, isn't it? She wants nothing to do with that guy. Didn't even mention him by name, actually. It is one of the few good things to come out of this whole experience. Um, to have purpose and honor to educate people on narcissists and abuse and protect especially young women from ending up in the same situations I did by learning from my experience. This book is raw and bold and aims to inspire and uplift anybody who's forced a similar trauma to purchase your own free copy. <laughs> Imagine just like plugging a book at the end to purchase your signed copy. Please go to amazon.co.uk forward slash trauma. It's like, yo, come on, yo. Anyway, she didn't say that. I did. Continuing on. Also from the bottom of my heart, I want to thank every single friend, stranger, male or female who supported, defended or shared their own stories with me over the years. There is nothing I can do to repay you for empowering me through such a vulnerable time. I can't wait to share my novel with you and i'll always fight to empower right to write you to write uh, sorry, empower you right back i'll always fight for your cause and continue to spread awareness and educate people on the violence and the trauma so she says she's gonna put it to bed but then she says she's writing a book so she, what she's gonna go on tour with a book but she's you're putting it to bed but you're writing a book about it yeah whatever L let her get her money man let her get her money um you know the the account that she shared was pretty troubling um but i want to just talk about you know council culture in general now i think the whole council culture thing is interesting when it comes to octavian because he wants he might be one of the only people that i can legitimately say kind of did get cancelled because mainstream wise he's nowhere to be found he might be doing his own thing independently i haven't really checked for his music in a while so i don't really know what's happening there he might be doing his own thing absolutely blowing up and he's got super high crazy spotify monthly listener views whatever i don't really know but when it comes to the you know the general public when it comes to the mainstream he's not really around anymore that's a problem for me because i feel like that is engineered by the industry deciding picking and choosing who gets a career and who doesn't the reason why i don't like it is because i would much prefer to live in a world where the fans the public society at large decides who gets your dollars who gets your attention who has a career yes or no the the fans the viewing public not the industry because the industry harbors many of these abusers the industry for a long time harbored and enabled him according to the account that this girl shared and according to the information that was available at the time the industry themselves are the one that turned a blind eye to their abuse to his abuse so now this industry is the same person telling us who we should be backing and who we shouldn't be backing i don't like that and i didn't like it from the beginning of when that six nine thing happened i've never been a big fan of the six nine snitching thing i always think that's egregious again i've never been a fucking I've never been a fucking gangbanger. I've never been a street hood guy in the slightest. But one of the things I've always kind of liked about that whole lifestyle is the idea of brotherhood. The idea of kind of holding each other down. Now, if you're involved in nonsense and you get up to crimes and shit, the last thing you should be doing is telling on your fucking compadres. I feel like that is the most deplorable, bottom feeder, shitty thing you could ever do to somebody. It's snitching them, especially if you both partake in a crime. And I never liked the fact that 6ix9ine did it. But the thing that I didn't like the most was when 6ix9ine got released after he snitched, it was this concerted effort in the industry to stop him from blowing up again. 
not putting him on playlist, not playing him on radio. There was like a concerted effort by different platforms, different radio stations to make sure that his career didn't kind of pick up where it left up before he went to prison. I don't like that because I would much prefer the public, the fans decide if he has a career or not, not the industry, because the industry is full of hypocrites. The industry is full of people that have done probably far worse than what 6ix9ine has done. But here they are pointing fingers and being the moral arbiters for what we should, shouldn't, shouldn't, shouldn't listen to. So as much as Octavian has done deplorable things, I feel like that whole collective effort to cancel him and not have him out there was quite weird. You know, especially when this is the same industry that enabled and almost protected him throughout the entire time that he was abusing this girl. Because if that girl didn't come out and say what she said about what happened, no one would have fucking paid attention or actually pulled him up on it or it would have, it would never probably have come to a stop. The fact that she said what she said at the time and she exposed it and she was out there front and center and took all the licks and went on TV and blah, 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 blah. blah that's the reason why it, it kind of stopped and he got somewhat canceled. So I don't know. I've never really liked that sort of thing about it. And that's the only really kind of like bad thing in this whole situation that leaves a bit of a bad taste in the mouth. That whole industry deciding who has a career and who doesn't have a career. But I guess some people would say that's your karma. If you're out here abusing women, if you're out here being a piece of shit and stuff, maybe that's your karma. Maybe your karma is, you know, the luck that favored you before isn't there for you anymore. Maybe your karma is all these people that enabled you previously now turning their back on you. Maybe that's your karma. Personally, I don't believe in karma. I think there are plenty of shitty people out there who get away with murder, literally and figuratively. And there are plenty of people out there that do dirt and they sleep like fucking babies. I don't believe in karma in the slightest, but maybe this is a bit of karmic retribution. So shout out to this girl um, and, you know, hopefully, you know, healing and blessing and all that malarkey happens in the future. And I guess the Octavian thing, we have to kind of wait and see if his career ever picks up again. I don't really think it will. The momentum's kind of been lost, but there was a moment when that kid was special and he was showing promise to be legitimately um, a UK version or at least a European version of a Travis Scott. But it all came tumbling down when people found out he was out here fucking abusing women and shit. And I guess that might be a legit reason why your career kind of goes under. Maybe, 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 maybe. So next to talk about. I'm not sure if you guys seen this, but... Oh, I don't know if you guys are aware, but do you know there's such a thing as like employee influencers? Are you guys aware of that? Like guys and girls out there whose whole personality is basically talking about or sharing content where they talk about having a job. Like what it is, what it's like to be a social media manager at this place, a product manager at this place, a coder at this place, come to work with me, a day in the life of this, here's how I go to work, my commute, getting all this sort of stuff. It's, it's kind of like employer, employee, work, influencer thing. It's really weird. It's really lame. It's really G-A-Y. Anyway. This one particular lady went viral the other day because she got let go from Discord. Yeah, imagine. It's bad enough that you use Discord. I use Discord, right? I feel like a fucking nerd. I feel like a fucking loser for using Discord. But imagine it's bad enough using Discord. But imagine working for Discord. And then imagine how bad you would feel if you got fired from Discord. <laughs> it's bad enough. It's dorky enough using it. It's even lamer working there. And then imagine getting fired from there. So she got fired from Discord and she made entire fucking content around it, right? Um, I'll show you a little bit of the clip where she got fired. But this is her sitting down as she gets fired and obviously recording the whole the whole Zoom call for her fucking group of people on social media. And then I'll play for you the clip that I think 
should have been a bit of a warning call for her as to when she would have probably got fired. So this is her getting fired live, um, you know, while she's on fucking Zoom call. Today, we are making the unfortunate and difficult decision to reduce the size of Discord's workforce by 17%. This means we are saying goodbye to 170 of our talented colleagues. It's all the overreactions covering the mouth. The ah, ah. It's like, girl, you got an email. You got an email with a calendar invite. You probably added it to your Google calendar, to your iPhone calendar. It's on your desktop, especially if she's Asian, right? She's got fucking alerts popping up all over the screen. There's probably a million post-it notes all over her monitor. You know what day that fucking day was. Like, don't act surprised. Like, oh, oh, oh. Like, come on, man. Do us a favor. By 10.30 a.m. Pacific time, everyone will receive an email. In your email, you will learn whether or not your employment has been impacted by this reduction in force. I find out if I'm laid off in 20 minutes. Breakup text through email. Yeah, I got the email. Holy shit. So you see the email there on screen. It says, Dear Chloe, it's with a heavy heart that we inform you that your role has been impacted by our company-wide reduction in force and your employment with Discord is ending. (laughs) I love that they put that your role has been impacted. What is impact? Honestly, HR talk is so gross, isn't it? Your role has been impacted. Just tell me it's over. The dream is gone. Yeah, I mean, no more fucking monthly salaries for you. Sign on, fucking bitch. Sell your fucking clothes. It's over. Impacted. Come on, man. Impacted? Anyway, let's continue. Shit, dude. I am laid off. Fuck. Oh, my. Look at, honestly, this is fucking internet brain. She just got laid off. And what's she doing? She's writing a tweet. I got laid off. Oh, my God. I'm so pissed right now. Fucking hell. This is a nightmare. Like, bruh. Process your feelings, man. Go and cry into a pillow or something. Shout out of a fucking window. Straight away got fired and like, oh my God, I got fired. Lamau. It's not lit. <laughs> like, come on, girl. Oh my God. Uh, oh, wow. To be fair, the noises she's making with her mouth, if I was in any level of authority or management, I would also fire her. The noises that come out of her mouth, the way her mouth moves, the way her face is, I'd also fire her based on that alone, to be to be fair. You know? Like, I'd also fire her. She's got this fucking Princess Leia fucking top on at home and making those fucking faces and those mouth noises. I'd fire her for that alone. Okay, there we go. No more emotion. No more emotion. We prefer that. Good screaming. Oh, my God. Look at the boyfriend. Behind every social media addicted girlfriend is a boyfriend that just wants to vibe, man. He's like, he just wants to chill. He's feeling embarrassed for her. But, you know, it's your love. It's your baby. You just have to keep it rocking. Behind every cringy, behind every cringy um, oversharer, there's always a really chill partner that just wants to relax, just wants to have dinner doesn't want to take another picture doesn't want to hold a light like that so you can get a good athlete you can get a good fucking image like yeah you know i mean it's like come on babe like i just want to eat man fuck i'm i'm thirsty i just want to drink my beer my cocktail like allow it man how many more pictures you have to take 
what I mean? Every, every, you know, behind every fucking annoying girl that stands in front of those butterflies and does that fucking picture, right? That fucking pose of the peace sign is a guy that's like, yo, I've taken a hundred pictures, bro. How many more pictures do you need? Oh, by the way, life hack. If you have a partner who's addicted to social media and wants you to take pictures, don't take pictures. Record them. Record video. And then let them take screen grabs from the video. Expert tip. If you're a guy and you're terrible at angles, you're terrible at taking pictures for your partner, you're rubbish at it, you can't do it, you're fuck, you got fat thumbs like I do, you don't understand lighting, you're not good with the flash, just record a video and then let them take screenshots from the video. That's a smart trick. Okay, cool. Red panty night for the lads. Red panty night for the lads. Anyway, that's what she did, right? So she's out here recording a video of herself getting fired, which is absolutely hilarious. Um, I love the bit in the in the video where she, I think the text says she just bought a house. What is it about us humans? What is it about us humans that we always tend to like make the worst financial decision just before we get fired? Why is it? Why does why does that happen? Is that like just serendipity? Is that just like coincidence? That somehow you buy a house and then soon after you get fired. It always seems to happen that way. You buy a new laptop, you get fired. Right? You fucking, you know, you get your car repaired, you get fired. You book a holiday, you get fired. <laughs> you know what I mean? You put down some money for a wedding or something. Like, why is, why is a big financial personal purchase always followed by some tragic news why does that always tend to happen why is humans does that happen bad luck anyway that was what she did right now i think this video prior this video was recorded i grabbed this from her instagram i think it was recorded many weeks before she got fired and she was kind of like loving herself right talking about how much she loves herself and how well work is going there at discord and she also talks about her performance review she talks about her performance review now I don't know about you guys, but when you're working somewhere and you have KPIs and targets and performance reviews and shit, in my opinion, usually those are usually, um, you know, those are usually, those are usually put in place as a way for the company to find a way to fire you anyway, right? They want to put everybody up on a chopping block, but they want to make sure that they, you know, go down, they do it the fair way, do it the legit way or whatever it may be. But usually, whenever the performance reviews increase, there's usually followed by some cuts and some layoffs. So the only way to protect yourself if you're working somewhere is to make yourself, um, is to make yourself, what's that thing called? Uh, indispensable. To make yourself indispensable, which means you have to make sure that you exceed your targets. You have to make sure that you're one of the highest performers in your team at all times. So that if it does come to the day where they have to make some cuts, you're the one person that doesn't get let go first. You're the one person that might maybe stay because of your, you know, achievement levels, because of how much you're overperforming, whatever it may be. Now, I think this girl was a little bit dumb and a little bit naive and maybe lacking in street smarts, work smart, whatever it is. She didn't see what was happening because I feel like this video that was taken a few weeks prior really did preempt her firing. I think they're already gearing up to fire her, but she didn't realize. And the reason why she didn't realize, I'm going to tell you after I play the clip, but I think you can tell in this video how she talks about her performance review. She thinks it went well. I don't think it went well, but she didn't realize. Let's play the clip. I think I love myself a little too much at work these days. Self-love. Ah. I 
just had my performance review with my management. Super sweaty. It's like getting the grades to your final exam. They're giving me feedback, telling me these are the areas of improvements that you have for this performance cycle. And I'm like, okay, okay. But like, any strengths? <laughs> I said it like that. It was a funny conversation. They were laughing. I was laughing. I'm here for the wins, you know? Life is more fun this way. This made me realize, wow, I have truly come so far. Whenever I used to get feedback, I'd be like holding back tears or I'd be straight up bawling. But these days, sometimes I get feedback and I'm like, I disagree and here's why. Or just take it in stride. I'm like, cool, thanks for telling me. It makes me work better. But anyways, I got a meets expectation for this cycle, which apparently is pretty damn good for our standards. Woohoo! This half, I shipped these things. I got a 2% raise, not even inflation, but I'm just happy I have a job. I hope Perp is going well for you. Stay safe, y'all. So apart from being incredibly racist because she's eating a pineapple, right? Oh, sorry, watermelon. Apart from her being incredibly racist for eating a watermelon like this, right? And the way she cut it as well was very offensive. I don't think she realized what was happening. She didn't realize what was happening. She legitimately thought that performance review went well. When it's pretty obvious to me that it didn't go well. Because you know what? Bitch, you guessed it. She's the personality hire. She's the personality hire. She didn't know... She was a personality high. And whenever times are tough, whenever it comes to cutting people off, the first people to go are the personality hires. You know why I know that? Because I was once a personality hire. There was a time in my life where I was a quintessential personality hire all the fucking time. And then I realized at one point in my career that in order for me to actually get the roles that pay the best, the roles that were maybe to my level of experience or to my level of skill or whatever it may be, I had to be a bit more serious with my work. I had to take my work a bit more seriously. I had to approach it with a bit more of a mature mindset. So that meant putting the fucking personality to one side, which is pretty hard for me to do, right? I'm a fucking walking, breathing personality. I'm like an orb of personality, right? Just vibrating through your fucking screen. But when I'm at work, guess what? I'm an employee. Guess what? I'm a good team member. Guess what? I'm a leader. Guess what? I'm a hard worker. So that when it comes to the prime, where they have to fucking cull people and chop their fucking heads off, I'm the one person that might have to, you know, I'm the one person that gets some grace and I might get to fucking wave my fucking gloves in the fucking audience. You know, that's what happens. And I think, I think in this case, this young lady really misread her position in the company. She thought she was safe, but she wasn't safe. Now, another really startling point for me was somewhere in the beginning, she says like, I, I, I met my standards or something. Instead of exceeding them, she was happy that she was meeting them. I think that's what she said. Something about she met, let me just play the clip again. She said something about, I met my standards. Have for this performance cycle. And I'm like, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. But like, where's the strength? Where's it, where's it? management super sweaty it's like getting the grades to your final exam they're giving me feedback telling me these are the areas of improvements that you have for this performance cycle and i'm like okay okay but like any strengths obviously that bit as well was psychotic when you're in a performance like there's certain times in your career where you can show a bit of personality where you can use especially if you're a funny person and you have a sense of humor you can use that sense of humor as a way to kind of make yourself comfortable, to almost, um, you know, to create some level of familiarity and comfort with the person you're speaking to, and just maybe make you stand out from the rest. Maybe an interview, that would be a good time to do it. 
maybe during a presentation when you're at work you're presenting something and all hands or whatever or whatever yeah there's a there's times when that humor can work but i think a one time where you shouldn't have where you should put your humor and your jokes and whatever to one side is during a performance review that's a pretty serious situation even if the company tries to tell you it's not a big deal don't worry this is standard we're doing it everybody always take a performance review personally always take it as a sign that that you know that they're thinking of letting some people go it might not be you but they're thinking of some people to go so don't don't offer yourself up so put the personality to one side put the jokes to one side and you know approach the performance of you with some level of professionalism and try your best to kind of you know sing for your supper but this whole like oh my god any strengths thing not the best thing to do during a performance of you in my personal opinion <laughs> i said it like that it was a funny conversation funny conversations maybe to you it was funny but they probably didn't find it funny again this is her completely misreading the room she got hired because of this personality. Like, imagine her in the waiting room, like, waiting for somebody to get, you know. Imagine her waiting for an interview in the reception. And then the person comes five minutes late. Oh, my God, I'm sorry you're late. Oh, no, it's totally, totally fine. Oh, my God. I was just looking at one of those sculptures over there. Is that... Blah, blah. Like, she's got one of those type of personalities, right? Like, nothing's a problem. Everything's fine. Like, oh, my God, yeah. I love... Blah, blah. All that shit. That's good during an interview. That'll probably get you the job, you know, that way. But to keep the job, you have to be actually good at what you do. You can't be personality higher forever. You actually have to have a level of skill, a level of ability. You have to be an important part of the team, whatever it may be. You have to, you, people have to notice when you're not there. You go on holiday and all of a sudden the team fucking implodes. They don't know what to do. They're calling you, all this sort of shit. You have to be that kind of person. You can't just be a personality higher and then hope to just stay there forever and ever. Not in this economy. And they were laughing, I was laughing. I'm here for the wins, you know, life is more fun this way. This made me realize, wow, I have truly come so far. Whenever I used to get feedback, I'd be like holding back tears or I'd be straight up bawling. That to me is another sign that she's not a good employee. Why was she crying at her previous jobs when she had performance reviews? Why was she bawling? Why was she shaking? Bitch, you guessed it, because the performance reviews weren't great. Because she was getting feedback, which she was never probably used to. Usually she's probably told that she was amazing and now suddenly somebody in her adult age or maybe somebody senior, maybe somebody younger, whatever it may be, is telling her, hey, you're not doing a good enough job. Do this and this well or improve here and here or you're going to get let go. That's why she was bawling and crying. That is another sign that not the greatest employee. These days, sometimes I get feedback and I'm like, I disagree and here's why. Also a bad tactic during a performance review. In my personal opinion, again, I'm a bit extreme. I believe in the doctrine of radical self-acceptance, no, radical personal responsibility. I believe in the notion that everything is your fault. Everything. The moment you internalize everything is the moment you can then address and, you know, sort out those situations. When you try to push problems away and kind of, you know, lump them at somebody else and say, oh, no, this person did this and that's why I'm not here, blah, 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 blah. There's no way you can solve any issues. And I feel like at work, especially when it comes to work, you should always internalize your issues. Because even if you work somewhere and the manager's fucking annoying and you hate your job and it's not inspiring and it's killing your soul, bitch, guess what? If you don't like it, leave internalize it if you're working somewhere and you're not getting a promotion and you feel like you're underpaid and undervalued bitch guess what ask for a promotion ask for more responsibility and um, ask for a meeting with a manager to find out why you're being overlooked for certain promotions but guess what it's with you it's in with you it's your responsibility to obviously ask those sort of things so i feel like in all scenarios 
in all scenarios, even if you're working with somebody toxic that's trying to bully you, wherever it may be, take yourself out of that situation. Extreme Ownership, exactly, by fucking Jocko Wilnick. Big up that book. Take yourself out of that situation, but it's all up to you. So I feel like in these situations, if you're during, if you're in um, a performance review and you're giving them, and they're giving you feedback on your performance, you should just internalize it and accept it at that time. Even if you disagree, in the moment there, you should just nod and agree. Whatever requirements they, you know, whatever, whatever stipulations they give you in terms of, hey, here's what you need to do in terms of keeping your job. Say you're okay with that and then attack it with full force and give it your best. But you shouldn't be sat there saying, I disagree and having a back and forth. A performance review is not a time to have a back and forth unless they ask your opinion. If they ask your opinion, share it. But even then, don't really say too much. I understand completely where you're coming from, boss. Um, I'm going to try my best to rectify the situation and address the points of concern there. And I look forward to our follow-up meeting so I can display how much of a crucial member of the team I am and whatever the term is, go from there. And even if you disagree with it, go and moan and bitch and complain to your wife or to your girlfriend, to your kids or to your dog when you get back home. In that situation, during that performance review, internalize it and move on. That's not a time to have a back and forth, in my personal opinion. Or I just take it in stride. I'm like, cool, thanks for telling me. It makes me work better. But anyways, I got Amy's expectation for... Now, in my personal opinion, if she's a... Again, she's a product manager. I'm taking that term literally because I've never worked as a product manager. But I would assume if you're a product manager, you are managing a team of people. You're in the position of leadership. If you're in a position of leadership, I think is is. I think it's inexcusable to have meets all expectations. You should be exceeding expectations. Meeting expectations as a leader is not enough. I don't think it's enough to keep your job. You can't be a manager, a leader, and meet expectations. Doing just enough, doing whatever is on your job spec. You have to go above and beyond. That extra paycheck comes with extra responsibilities. You can't just clock in and clock out. You have to do a little bit more. You have to set the precedent. You have to set an example. That isn't enough, in my personal opinion, especially if the company is already trying to make some changes and shit, because I'm pretty sure this wasn't the first round of layoffs. They probably laid other people off. As a manager, you need to, you need to, you need to be aware of these type of things going on, personally. She didn't read the signs, and she got caught, you know, unawares, but I think the signs were there from this meeting that she was already on a chopping block. As a leader, mean ex expectations is not good enough. You have to exceed them. This cycle, which apparently is pretty damn good for our standards. This hat, I shipped these things. I got a 2% raise, not even inflation, but I'm just happy I have a job. I hope Perp is going well for you. Stay safe, y'all. To be fair, like the, the raise and the promotion was a bit odd. Because I felt like that meeting didn't go well. So I don't understand why they gave her a promotion at the end of the year. Maybe it was in line with the company bonuses and stuff. And it's just an automatic thing that happened because she's at a certain level of seniority. But I don't feel like that conversation should have ended with a promotion. So maybe she has a reason why she was a little bit delulu. Because she was getting loads of different signals from that company. But if it was me, I would have read it straight away as, oh, they want to fire me. They're thinking of making some changes. They're thinking of cutting down this team. This team is too... Because I don't know about you, but when I work at places, I notice things. I notice, like... I don't know. I notice, oh, look, we don't have the nice cereal anymore in the cupboards. I notice, oh, look, we don't... We don't... You know, the free beers we always have on Friday have now kind of stopped. 
we now only have one crate. We used to have six, now we have one. You you should notice where the tide is, you know, turning somewhat. You should kind of clock what's going on. So the fact that she didn't clock it was a big issue. But I think in general, the idea of being an employer influencer is an odd one, you know? Because I feel like part of the issue as well, and I think I've seen some people in the chat mention it, maybe her real problem was the fact that she was oversharing stuff on social media. Maybe Discord in general just didn't like the fact that she was, you know, divulging way too much about what they do behind closed doors as a company. Maybe that's part of the reason. And that might have been the reason what kind of led to her getting fired. This idea that she was oversharing all the fucking time. And again, maybe there is no like law that they can put in place to stop you from sharing stuff about your work. I know some companies do. Some companies don't let you post stuff on social media. You can't post pictures of the inside of the office and stuff. But maybe technically they can't stop you talking about where you work. Maybe, right? But I guess in most companies, it's not something that they respond to well if they find out maybe that's what's happened there and that kind of maybe added and solid her because again putting her naivete to one side she's a very charming girl very bubbly very cute very fun it's kind of hard to like dislike her when you see her on content but if you're looking at it from the from the lens of a employer she's a bit annoying you know little bit annoying so maybe that plan of maybe that might have played a role in her getting fired but lesson to be learned there is that i think in general everybody should practice extreme ownership when you're at the workplace everybody should be aware of what's going on around you don't be naive don't have your head down in a laptop and a computer all times take a look at what's going on is your manager running into meetings every five minutes all the time is there you know have all the snacks in the cupboards now not been replenished in ages has the fruit company stopped delivering fruits every fucking week notice what's happening notice all the little cost-cutting measures because usually the little cost-cutting measures like there's no there's no more of that good toilet paper anymore is usually an indication a precursor to maybe other teams and other people humans getting fired so you have to be able to preempt a little bit of that and move accordingly and if you're in a workplace somewhere and you don't feel like you're acknowledged you don't feel like you're valued you don't feel like your time is you know your time is respected you don't feel like you're getting paid well talk to somebody don't just bitch and moan about it online on social media that isn't the right way to go talk to somebody directly and then if you don't get the response that you want from there and you want to go use a social media platform to rant and rave do what you need to do but i feel like running to social straight away with your problems out from work without giving people from work a chance to rectify them is really irresponsible really reckless and really 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 fatal because it can cost you your job so be a bit smart about how you move and shit and in general personally again maybe i'm in the minority here but i think if you have a good job keep it yourself is that bad to say why are you sharing it with the world anyway? Why are you showing the world that you have this amazing job that lets that gives you a free cab that gives you a free taxi to work, free lunch, you have a free gym, a sauna, you know, a MacBook. Like, don't share it with the world. Like, keep that shit to yourself a little bit. Like, have some privacy. If you have a social media feed where every weekend you're posting pictures of yourself getting drunk, you know, fucking tongue wrestling randoms in nightclubs and shit, at least have one part of your life that you keep to yourself. That's your nine to five. You don't need to like let people in. Hey, this is what I do. Like we all work. All of us have some level of a job, some level of employment, whatever, right? We all have jobs. It's not that deep. It's not that important. Who gives a fuck? The job helps you pay your bills, keep a roof over your head and whatever it may be. 
that's it. You have to just, you know, have a little bit of decorum, a little bit of, you know, manners. I don't know. Like, come on. You don't need to show everything. You don't need to show everything. But again, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. What are you guys saying here in the stream chat about this shit? Let me quickly scroll through. Performance review is time to be serious. Exactly. Fashion Roman, Black Lives Matter, <laughs> Roger Britain. <laughs> Black Lives Matter. Um, Netwatcher says, Why are you so on the money with the sculpture bit? Yeah, exactly. Big up Netwatcher. Um, big up Theodore says narcissism. Yeah, I don't think it's not. She just got social media brain. I don't think it's narcissism. I think I think we overuse the term narcissism with people. I think she just got social media brain, social media brain where everything is content. I just I just think personally for me, being an employee an employee influencer is one of the lamest things you could ever be. Like having your entire content be centered around you having a job. What? okay cool um yeah massa basically and if you don't like it go as well exactly game before but she needs, she needs a camping she's a camping trip with chin chin will be lucky come on game breed footballer chin would be lucky to go on a camping trip with her he'd be fucking lucky he'd be fucking lucky not a scooby mate and also she's too much of she's too self-absorbed you can't have two self-absorbed people you can't have her you know oh my god hey guys so we're camping like on one end and then chin trying to fix his fucking 10 grand barbecue set you know what i mean like you, you have to have at least one person that's like semi-normal and doesn't care about social media you can't have two people that are obsessed with that you know what i mean they wouldn't be talking to each other they'd both be talking to a camera the whole entire time it's just a bit too weird discord just got 70 percent of their stuff yeah i saw that theodore no fab obama says i'm a bit behind but regarding octavian it's so much deeper than his ex he was wrong but his label shafted him for other business reasons couldn't have happened to a more deserving guy though yeah that's it you see no fab obama that's the thing when it comes to these type of things i read the same thing again i don't know octavian i've never seen him in real life in my entire life at all zero i know none of his friends i'm not involved at in the slightest i don't even pretend to be but i remember when it went down loads of people involved in the scene were coming out saying stuff about him so that's a problem whenever you get cancelled like that and then you hear people in the industry come out and basically cheer on your demise and add you know and add fucking fuel to the fire and basically say how much of a dickhead you are and a cunt you are it all but guarantees your cancellation because it's almost like they're now happy that this is the one occasion they get to kick your back in because they couldn't before because you're up you know that's the issue with being a dick when you're a dick to people and you're up it's good because they can't really say nothing because you're making money and you're famous but the moment your star starts to fucking dwindle they're going to fucking run to kick your back in they're going to they're going to go head first into your back and make sure you are done for good because you know you treat them like shit so i kind of get it i kind of get it uh fashion roman it's one thing to share your life but she was giving feedback on zoom meetings and stuff yeah exactly yeah i saw that too i saw that too yeah she had she had a she had this thumbnail where she was like this clickbait thing discord i might have to leave you sorry or something like that it's like yeah oh well bitch guess what discord left you discord left you babe discord fucking left you um case of moses you have to sign social media policy yeah oh yeah i in some places i know they do that in, in i know they do that in selfridges in the uk here we've had this amazing department store called selfridges that might be one of the best places to work to and work for work at if you want a retail job i think if you want a retail job like i worked at selfridges back in the day selfridges might be the best place because it's like 
it's like adult university. It's a weird place. It's like adult university. It feels like a college, but you're with fucking adults and shit, and you're all working. It's fucking. It's live. I don't, I, I'm not even gonna lie. Selfridges was one of my favorite retail jobs back in the day. Like, I swear to God, the amount of aunties I may or may not have smashed in there. Woo! Uh, let's continue. She's a baddie, annoying bird brain, but a baddie would chin make it pint up. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, see, fashion man knows. Yeah, Sobridge is fucking vibes, man. It's fucking vibes. And un- so, no, oh, sorry, that's what I meant. Again, ADHD brain. I was mentioning Sobridge because I remember at the time I was there, I think that was the only place I remember where you weren't allowed to use your phone. Like, and they were very strict about it. Like, very, very strict. Now, some people obviously bent the rules and had it behind the tail and whatever it may be, but they were very strict about not using your phone and obviously not posting stuff on social media. Very, very strict. And if I remember correctly, you had to leave your bag in a locker as well. You couldn't even take your bag on the shop floor. You kind of had to leave it in a locker before you went in and shit. You got searched. Like, it was a bit, it was a bit mad. That was the only place I remember where they were really, really strict about um, phones and social media use, which is a good thing. I think you should be like that anyway. I think you should be a little bit professional, a little bit detached, a little bit focused when it comes to your work. You shouldn't be online, on social, like, you know, like, I don't know. I see people sometimes at work and they're on YouTube and shit. It's like, bro, what's the, what, like, you know, and I'm not, I'm not even a goody two-shoes, but what's the point? You got a job, like, just work, innit? You're only here for fucking, what, six hours, seven hours, eight hours. Do the job and then go home and you can do all that stuff. And your lunch break, you know what I mean? Like, you're on your, 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 yeah, you're watching YouTube at work. Like, really? Like, come on, man. Like, but anyway, what do I know? What do I know? What do I know? What do I know? Let's move on. Um, Little Boom. Little Groom, Little Boom. So, most of you are aware of what I've been speaking about on the pod recently regarding DJ Academics' friend and sometimes co-host on his live streams called Little Boom. He's in a bit of a sticky situation. So, he got accused... No. Randomly, somebody shared a Facebook post about him being arrested for allegedly touching up kids in a Target somewhere. It was like an old post from 2021. Um, Adam22, who's always on the No Jumper Reddit, saw it and then decided to post about it, right, on his own social media feed. So he posted about it on his own social media feed. Everyone decided to go crazy about it because obviously it's kind of crazy news. And then he got involved, Lil Boom himself, and denied the allegations. And then when he denied the allegations, the master of all paperwork, um, 1090 Jake decided to get involved and he decided to kind of, you know, he found the information and now we have direct proof that that situation did happen where Lil Boom did allegedly touch some kids in the supermarket and now to make the situation even worse somebody has shared the body cam footage of his arrest and in the body cam footage of his arrest the officer, you can kind of see from her body cam the screens, the CCTV screens in the target and you can kind of make out what little boom has been accused of this video has gone somewhat viral in my side of the internet people are talking crazy about it because of how dj academics reacted to the whole little boom conversation right he was very defensive very dismissive of people's concerns especially his fans telling him hey you have to kind of like disavow this guy how you fucking riding with him whatever it may be so i'll play the clip of him you know basically telling his fans to fuck off um, but this is kind of wow. This is DJ Academics responding very, very negatively to fans telling him to fucking, you know, tell Little Boom to go Kadoom. Let's actually see this clip here. All my mamas in Discord, 
You hear one of these weird ass things? Oh no, I love act, but I'm just trying to hold him account. I get your ass on that. Listen, time of war now, nigga. Like we we here. Like, what's up? Okay, one. You have one. Just address, bro. I'm not, go- nigga. You know I could read, right, nigga? I see. I type. I'm not talking about boom. I've been told y'all, nigga. I'm not talking about it. I don't know what's going on with it. I'm not about to go off no video about it. This is somebody who has slept in my house, nigga. Me and him will talk. This and third, nigga. None of y'all pressure me to do motherfucking shit, nigga. Like, what y'all talking about? You crazy? Boy, y'all gonna respect the game, nigga. Y'all gonna respect me, nigga. Man, put it like this. I don't care what none of y'all niggas say. No, hold on. Let me. I, like, some of y'all really be thinking, like, let me pop my shit. I don't care where you on. Nigga, this whole empire was built because of me, nigga. Stop fucking playing, nigga. I don't care what none of y'all niggas is saying. Like, I'll let y'all rock, run the show for a lot, but nigga. It's, nigga, I'm the person who make the final call, nigga. I'm not talking about Boom. Boom, my nigga. I'm going to keep saying that. And by the way, whatever y'all talking about with him, I ain't looking to, I'm going to talk to that nigga first. Period. Big up Young Old Vibes. Big up Young Old Vibes. Um, you are literally my co-worker, Oz. Ha! <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Big up Young Old Vibes. Big up Young Old Vibes. Yes, yes. Co-worker gang. Co-worker gang. When you going for lunch? What are you having for lunch? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? When you going? Where you going? In the park? Whatever. Parlay. Who's the dickhead? Who's the cool guy? Who's the idiot? What the managers say about that? Did they approve your holiday? Why are they taking so long? Where's my promotion? I can't wait to go home. You know what it is. You know what it is. Big up young old vibes. <laughs> Big up. <laughs> I love those chats. I love those chats. I love them. I love them, bro. I love just egging people on. Like, what? What she say? <gasps> no way. She say that. I love egging people on at work. I love it. No way. Nah, really? To you? But you're so nice. How could she say that? Like, yeah, fight, 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 fight. <laughs> oh, I love it, bro. I love it. I love it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I fucking love it. <laughs> no way. They still haven't. Oh my god, but but you'll get. But the wedding, the wedding is in a month. Oh, I, I can't believe it. Hand on the shoulder. Honestly, I just, I just can't. I just. I can't imagine what you're going through right now. <laughs> do you want me to talk to... Do you want me to have a word? Should, should I have a word for you? Do you want me to have a word for you? No, honestly, babe, I don't mind. I really don't mind. You know I'm always here for you. You know it, right? All right. Yeah. That's fuck. Anyway, um, it's my train. I've got to leave. So I'll leave you with it, right? But I'll see you tomorrow, babe. All right. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> yeah 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 vibes 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 anyway so academics was very apologetic um was very 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 supportive of little boom refused to comment on it kept saying he's my nigger kept saying he stepped in my house he's my boy you know pedo brothers in crime allegedly but now this video has come out i wonder if you'll change his tune and then i'm gonna give you a really controversial opinion that I have on this whole situation. But let me play the entire clip and then we can continue. On September 19th, 2021, officers responded to a Walmart safety alert involving a customer groping a minor and taking pictures of a woman bent over. The suspect happened to be the rapper Lil Boom. Officers initiated the investigation with these disturbing details. 
Um, do I have do I have in, do I have internet brain? Do I have incel brain? Do I have first bucket brain? Or has my brain been corrupted by social media? Anytime I see a girl with white nails, I think of like an IG baddie or something. When I see French tips and white nails, the first thing I think about is like, I don't know, is like um what's her name? Young Miami. <laughs> <laughs> Big up Theodore, <laughs> super chat. Thank PTO you. PTO request March yeah. 13. Yeah. Thank you. You know that, but you know that time of thing. You know Wagwan. You know that time of thing. You know it. Big up Theodore. What do you guys think? Am I the only one that's, that thinks that? I can't now see white nails as normal. When I think, when I see white nails, I just think of some woman that has like a crazy BBL and always takes pictures with their back turned. <laughs> that's it something so what police officer is walking around with like white nails and french tips like no what do you think is that is that weird to think that is she just is this cop walking around with a crazy bbl just arresting people <laughs> just walking down with a crazy thumper or am i or am i just corrupted i don't know let's continue maybe i'm corrupted i just want to write it down so whenever i write my report um he approaches over is that what is that the tomato potato okay whatever um, approach the pretty sand children. <laughs> tomato potato. Come on, babe. You should be able to discern between the potato and the tomato stand. Like, come on. <laughs> what is that? Potatoes or tomato? Like, come. Like, where did they find these cops, bro? Where did they find them? Does she have two degrees? I don't think so. Yeah. He reaches and grabs younger one. She jumps away. Okay, you can play it. Play. She's like seven. It's my handwriting. I can read it. So. Ooh, sassy. Yeah, follows. Then grabs. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. That is all I need. Officers made contact with the victim's father, who advised that both of his daughters were inappropriately touched. Damn. After further investigation, they observed him exiting the parking lot in a red sedan. The victim... There he is. There he is. Little Boom. In the middle of the screen. Getting arrested for touching up kids in the fucking supermarket. Can you imagine, bro? The guy's way too young to be into this fucking freak shit. But maybe this is a sign and indication that he might be into some other darker shit because... I can't even fathom a situation where 
that would ever happen in my life ever do you know what i mean so you have to be into some really scary shit yeah you know i mean maybe if they do some investigation they'll find some other stuff that may have happened but for you to go into a fucking packed target and just sexually assault people is wild bro like again it's not an excuse but you could somehow you know the scenario of it happening in a nightclub or something somewhere dark and whatever where people can't whatever again freaky shit creepo shit sick shit but to go to a to drive to a target and go and you know try and grab up a 10 year old that's wild bro you deserve to be at the bottom of the jail was able to recognize the suspects from twitter and instagram as a known rapper recording okay so um so you know you are going to be placed under arrest okay so i'm not going to put the handcuffs in the back so i'll just put them in the front so just put your hands together like you're praying Put your hands together like you're praying, you know. <laughs> yeah, he needs all the prayers, bro. I don't know if, you, I, but I, hopefully God doesn't answer his prayers because you know, you know, you know, he really needs pedos. Sure. Yeah, I actually need that phone. Uh, it's the blue one with the case on it. Perfect. Is that too tight? That actually is that too tight? It's the one with the uh, with the with the rabbit on it. Niggas got a phone with a blue case, with a rabbit blue case. That tells you everything, innit? Man's carrying around phones with, like, kitty bait. That's my phone. Alright. Yeah, that one. That, that one. That one. That's the one. Yeah. Alright. Go ahead yeah. and hear. No, no, no. Don't worry about it. I'll call you. Yeah. Yeah, I have to take the phone. So, come So what? He's out with his boy. Doing pedo shit. There's like a little gang. Pedo boy gangs, right? They're what? What are they doing? Are they doing drive-by pedo hits? Come over here and go ahead and take a seat in my car. You don't have anything on you, do you? Okay, I'm going to search you real quick. Why would you ask somebody? Oh, I guess it's part of police procedure. Why don't you search them? Why would you ask somebody if they have something? I don't have anything on me. And then you search them and he has an AK-47 in his back pocket. Just put your hands up here. Just understand if you go into the jail and you have anything, it's a felony, okay? No, okay. Okay, all right. Really? It's a felony. If you go in, if you don't declare you have something and then they find it in jail. Actually, shouldn't the police officer be in trouble more than you? If they can't adequately search you before you go into jail, shouldn't it be them getting reprimanded and not you? Why should you get a felony? They should get a fucking felony. You got me handcuffed. And you are searching my body free with with free wear with free rain, and you couldn't find it. You should be in trouble. Your one job is to arrest and find shit. If you can't find the shit, get fired. Why am I being Why am I being in trouble? Because I can hide a blicky in my ass. If you can't find a blicky in my ass, that's your problem, not my problem. It's not my problem. I've got a big ass. It's not my problem. I can fit it in there. Find it in it. I'm not telling you where it is. You find it. And take a seat. Are you get the PC for me? Okay. Why does it sound like she's going to go drop off her nephew to school or something? Why does it sound like that? Why does it sound like she's going to drop off her godson to school? At school? Da -da 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 -da. She's like, oh, like, like, she's too chirpy, man. Why go on? 
<laughs> What's the passcode to your phone? Don't give it. Don't give it. Right? Am I, am I, am I not mistaken? You don't talk to the police. Always lawyer up. And you shouldn't give your passcode, right? Or am, I, or am I dumb? You should never give your passcode, right? Again, I'm a law-abiding citizen. I don't get arrested. But you shouldn't give your passport, your passcode, right? Am I, am I mistaken? Or should you be giving it? I would never give that. I swear to God, like, what? Password? Get a subpoena, bitch. Get a warrant. Do you know what I mean? Get a fucking warrant. A detective's asking for it. I mean, I guess technically you don't have to. Then don't give it then, bro. Technically, you don't have to. That, that was a good play. That was a good play. I'm not going to lie. I'll give her credit. That's where her training came in. So what's your password for your phone? Hey, babe, what's your password? Sorry, hon. What's the, what's the, num what's the numbers? To... Sorry, hot stuff. What's the... Sorry, papi. You know, that was smart for her. That was smart. Like, she played it off very well there. Very, very well. But he was a bit on... He's, he, was, he was there. He was away. He was away. Do you want to leave? Okay, give me just a second. Officer Rosa Costa in here just like, what's she doing, man? Do your job, man. Do you not want to give me the passcode or anything? Nah, I want to give you this dick. Okay, so it's just a yes or no. You don't have to give it if you don't want no. to. No! Okay. Alright, we're just waiting for the officer to bring me back the paperwork and then we're going to get going. Oh yeah, I see ya. Alright. And then I know we kind of already talked over the phone about the incident, but I want to ask you a couple more questions, okay? Don't you don't want to talk to me anymore? Okay. <laughs> Yo, how you talk to her on the phone and then when she sees you in real life, you don't want to talk anymore? Now you've got conscious, right? Now you've recognized the gravity of your crimes. Bruh, don't touch kids in supermarkets. It's not that difficult. Grab your produce. Grab your fucking wawa wee wees, whatever you you guys eat over there, and keep it moving, right? Grab your tater tats and keep it stepping. You don't need to touch kids. Then you have to answer questions in the back of a fucking meat wagon. Shelby. Um, so I got his phone. I it just died, but I'm plugging it back up. Gonna put it on airplane mode. He won't give me his password or anything. So, um, but do you so I'm, uh, he won't give me his password or anything. So I'm gonna show him my ass. You know how I told you I got my ass done yesterday. So it's looking kind of plump right now. So I'm gonna show him my ass, and maybe he might just show me his phone. Then you know, black guys and 
you know, Hispanic women. You know how black guys are with, you know, as Latinas and shit. So I might just show him my ass and then he might give me my phone. But if he doesn't show me my ass, then maybe I'll give him a bit of boob or something. I don't really know. Um, or should I suck his dick? Should I suck his dick? Hello? Hello? <laughs> you want me to put it into evidence or give it to you? <laughs> so I just... Okay. Okay. Oh, wait. It just turned back on. Yeah. Okay. That's what I figured. Okie dokie. Thank you. Okay. Bye. During the investigation, officers were able to locate the vehicle and spoke to the owner, who happened to be the suspect's mother. God damn, bro. This story gets sadder and sadder. Not only is he driving to targets to go and allegedly sexually assault literal children and teenagers, he's also doing it in his mum's car. He takes his mum's car on these rideouts. He makes his mum complicit in these fucking pedo drive-bys. Fucking hell, bro. She acknowledged that her son took the car to Walmart and provided a phone number for Lil Boom, who claimed he was just shopping and denied touching anyone. Due to the positive identification of the suspect and his admission to being in Walmart on the day of the incident, they believed there was probable cause for two counts of sexual battery. <laughs> he did that shit, innit? He did that shit. <laughs> I'm not one to fucking <laughs> judge a book by his cover. I'm not one to judge a book by his cover, but he did that shit. That guy did that. Whatever he's been accused of, he's guilty. <laughs> <laughs> As a result, Lil Boom was placed on 12 months of probation, required to undergo a psychosexual evaluation, and... Imagine having to undergo a psychosexual evaluation. Imagine how much of a wrong in you are. Imagine how, you know, beyond help that you have to go through a psychosexual evaluation. That's how much of a fucking nut job you are. Psychosexual. God damn, bro. Sounds like a good band name. Don't get me wrong, right? Sounds like a good fucking hardcore band name, right? Psychosexual. But it also sounds like the kind of band you wouldn't want to tell people that you listen to, right? You kind of want to, you know, keep it to yourself a little bit, right? Psychosexual. Lord have mercy. And assigned 40 hours of community service. What are your thoughts? Okay, so let's go back to the CCTV footage because... I'm still a little bit, I don't know what to make of the CCTV footage, you know? What do we see here? What do we see here? Let's see. So we see a picture here of him in the bottom right, left-hand corner, right? Oh no, that's the girls, right? Is that the girls or that's him? I think, that's the, that, I think those are the young girls because I think the 10-year-old and the 17-year-old that he first touched are sisters. So let's see. Let's play it. Okay, no, no, sorry. That's him there. That's him there, allegedly. And those are the two girls. I'm assuming that's the younger one and that's the older one. I'm assuming. So he's approaching them from the back. Because his defense, his defense 
is that he brushed him. That's his defense. His defense is like he was walking by, accidentally brushed him, and they freaked out and made a you know made a meal out of it. That's what his defense is saying. But in my opinion, I don't think it's possible to accidentally brush past a ten year old to touch a bum. That's just my opinion. I don't know when that's ever happened in my life where I'm walking. I don't know how he's walking in a supermarket. Is he walking with his arms like that, like swaying from side to side? Or is he like, is he like walking squatting? Like, is he doing the fucking duck walk? Is he fucking, what's that Vogue thing when the people Vogue and they do, is it a duck walk? Is he doing a duck walk? And then like, he's touching their bums. He's walking in the fucking supermarket. How do you walk by his 10 year old and touch their ass? That's nuts. But that's his defense. So here he is behind them. He's too close, right? For, and again, this is a this is a supermarket. I don't know about you, but when I'm in a supermarket, I don't want to be near anyone. Like if somebody's near you, you kind of like move away. You know what I mean? Come on, man, fuck off. It's a big place, right? You just kind of find your own little thing. And you you don't want to be near people. So the fact that he's that near two children or two young girls is like a bit weird, anyway. He's looking around. That's him there. <laughs> you see the way he walked back? You see the way he walked back? <laughs> he's walking back. Like he's walking into a bush. But it's like, bruh, you're in a fucking... Honestly, man, that's that's real psycho shit, isn't it? That's why he's a psychosexual. He went to like... A, a supermarket might be one of the most well-lit places in the world. Maybe outside of Las Vegas. Most supermarkets might be one of the most well-lit places in the world. Lighting everywhere because they want you to fucking see all their wares and they want everything to jump out at you so you can fucking buy it. From a can of fucking sweet corn to a pillow to, some, to a fucking bucket for your mop. Everything is lit. So imagine leaving your house to go to that place to assault abuse people. With cameras everywhere. You are a psychosexual. So here he is, backing up there. You see him backing up a little bit. And then he walks forward. Is he, rec is he oh, recording yeah, right them? There. Is it me or is he recording them? What do you guys think? It feels like he's recording them, isn't it? Oh, am I bugging? Let me rewind it a bit more. Does it feel like he's recording them or something? Why is he walking like that? It feels like he's recording them, isn't it? Like he's got a phone or something here. Oh, yeah, right there. Okay, pause it. The fucking, this fucking mamacita's you know, BBL fingers are all over the place here, but let's just continue. Um, uh, sorry, I just want to write it down. So, so it's bad enough he's touching them. He's also recording footage on his... No wonder he didn't want her to have the fucking passcode, didn't it? No wonder. that If he, if they get the passcode, that phone is fucking... F yeah. 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 Whenever I write my report. Um... He approaches over. Is that, what is that? The tomato, potato. Okay, whatever. Let's see. Hopefully, um, we can see more of it. Let's hope your hand gets out the way soon. Come on, lady, hurry up and write. Picking stuff out. I want to see more of this. Yeah. I think that might be it, though. We can see the footage. Let's see if there's anything more. Yeah. He reaches. He reaches. Okay, cool. So that's them there, right? That's them there. He's there in the blue, kind of. You can see him right there. And this is the two girls. That's the younger one. And I think that's the older sister there. And grabs the younger one. She jumps away. 
Okay, you can play it. The younger one. Isn't the younger one the first girl there? Not the other one. Oh, am I bugging? So he's, he, that's him there. He's feeling around his trousers. Is he touching himself? I don't know. And then he walks a little bit towards them, does he? He walks, yeah, he walks towards them and then they both walk away. Both girls kind of walk. Hmm. So they both walk away and he's the. Of course, he's got a face mask on, isn't it? Follows. He follows them. Now, what's he doing now? Is he following them? Oh no! Is that their mums? Do the two girls go to their mums? Is that their mums? So you see them walking away here, right? They're the two girls. And is that their mum? There's a person here with the with the orange bag that looks like that might be their mum. That's little Boom here. He follows them, and then he touches the other girl. Look. He walks past her there and his hand grazes her bum. Can you see it? He kind of sticks out his hand. Yo, this guy's a fucking pedo. See? He sticks out his hand. He like he touches her. Oh my god. Oh my god, bro. Academics. Is that your boy? Ak. Is that your man's? Is that your man's academics? Come on, bro. Come on, bro. Yeah. Yo, academics, come on. You got to do better than this, brother. Honestly, I like academics, bro. He's got some good streams. He's a fucking entertaining guy. One of the be- one of the best content creators out there. One of the best live streamers out there. But he's going out real sad. It's not, it's, if it wasn't bad enough for that Cheyenne girl, this young fucking girl to be ruining his life, stealing a half a million dollars from him in fucking cash, abusing him, turning off his Wi-Fi you know, jeopardizing and sabotaging in some part his Spotify deal. Now he's backing this guy. You're dying on the hill for this guy. The guy that's walking past 17 and 10 year olds and touching their bums. Oh, come on, man. Come on. How are your arms that far out? Like he's doing star jumps in the middle of Target. Man's doing star jumps next to 10 year olds. Right? This is like that. This is like the pedo version of that scene in Simpsons where Bart and Lisa are having a fight and they close their arms and they start, close their eyes, sorry, and they start windmilling each other, right? Start swinging their arms over. So, well, if you're getting away of my hands, then I can't be to blame, right? This is like the pedo version of it, right? Well, my arms, I'm, it's a free country. I can move my arms where I want to move my arms as an excuse to touch kids. Like, yuck, man. Fucking yuck. Fucking yuck. Look. He walks by. He literally walking by there. You can see him there with the hair. And then see his hand does that. His hand touches her. Fucking hell, bro. And she turns around. Um, yeah okay um what can we say what can we say what can we say
You get what I'm saying? So I know some people feel like maybe I like I don't really give a fuck about most fish right now. Shout out to my nigga, little boom. I don't know nothing about nothing. I ain't talking about nothing. I'm chilling. Y'all niggas can get mad. All y'all fucking won. It's big act, nigga. Y'all niggas gonna deal with it. Nigga, I came in the game like this thing. I'm gonna go out like this. That's how it's gonna be. Anyway, I think I addressed it. We got a few. That is hypocrisy at its finest, right? Because he was the first one to be barking, justifiably, rightly so. When the Diddy and Cassie thing went down, screaming into the microphone about how much of a weirdo, creep, abuser, rapist Diddy was. Also, he's the person to be screaming and shouting and kicking Blueface's back in when he goes through his nonstop drama with Creshawn. He's there throwing jabs at little baby, always constantly kicking Meek Mill when he's down. But then when something happens to his boy, very questionable shit like this, suddenly he doesn't want to say anything. So he doesn't want to talk about it, which... I can somewhat understand. Big up, Wingers Dingus. Appreciate you, brother. Nonce energy. Nonce energy from Fat Tack. <laughs> exactly. Pure nonce energy. 100% nonce enabling. You know what, actually? As you said that. You know what's worse than being a nonce? Turning a blind eye to noncery. Turning the other way to noncery is probably the only thing that's second only to being a nonce. Nothing actually beats being a nonce. But if you turn a blind eye to it, you're just as bad unfortunately so i don't make the rules that's what is written in the fucking book of not being a nonce you know what i mean don't turn a blind eye to it it's on page one uh big up wingers wingers mcdingus appreciate you brother but you know what part of me thinks this is my controversial opinion i don't think you should be ever put in a situation or you should ever publicly cancel your friends i think if they're your friend you should move accordingly in real life by not talking to them anymore. If they do, if they do something that you think is morally irreprehensible, right? Irreprehensible, whatever that fucking word is, right? Or morally objectionable, or whatever to you, or something that just doesn't vibe with you, or whatever it may be, you should make amends or make adjustments in real life. You shouldn't need to publicly cancel your friends because I sometimes feel like some people who publicly cancel people. It's almost like a weird virtue signaling thing. Hey, look at this guy and look at the terrible thing that they did. I'm going to publicly counsel them to make me look better. But it's not really me. It's not really a moral judgment. I'm not standing on anything. I'm just using their plight as a way to make myself look good, which I don't like. Fuck all that shit. Don't use somebody's fucking whatever situation they're going through to prop yourself up. But if that's your actual friend, you should obviously chastise correct pull them up blast them whatever in private you shouldn't need to do it online but i think at the core as humans we should all have lines we should all have things that no one could ever come back from and in my opinion i've always said i can forgive murder before i can forgive you touching a kid i can forgive murder before i can forgive you raping somebody that sort of shit is, you, there's no coming back from it, for me, personally. doesn't matter who it is. There's no coming back for it. Murder, I can, I can understand. You know what I mean? Some people are fucking annoying. 
some some people need to be you know well bye bye go fund me up in the sky you know what i mean some some people need to be bye bye so i can understand that but rape and touching kids that's never gonna fly in my book and i think you should have a line where you kind of if someone crosses that it's over i think unfortunately nowadays most people don't have lines most people move the goalpost based on who it is based on if they like them based on the situation based on what they can do for them their principles their morals right um their standards they're malleable right they're ever shifting like sand right like wind it just moves where it moves that's the issue most people have so i think that's happening with 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 um, academics even though he talks with bass in his voice about other people and he's very judgmental very critical he doesn't actually have a moral compass he doesn't actually have any principles he doesn't actually stand for anything which is why he's willing to turn a blind eye or pretend nothing's going on with his boy that's my theory because he doesn't actually stand for anything so it's easy to do so now again like i said he does need to cancel his friend but i feel like this is hypocrisy at its finest if you can talk about everybody else, but you refuse to talk about your boy. And I also feel like it's one of the weirdest heels to die on. Isn't this a strange heel to die on? My friend has been accused of being a pedo. And now there's, there's police reports. There's you taking a plea deal. There's alleged confessions. And now there's video evidence of you allegedly doing what you've been accused of doing. And this is the heel you want to die on bizarre one isn't it if you want to defend if you want to defend your friend i don't think defending pedophilia is a way to go you could defend your friend by saying hey he made a big mistake but i'm going to be there for him as a friend and i'm going to make sure that he gets his life together um you know he has to earn back my trust whatever it may be that way but like just pretending like that didn't happen or trying to excuse it like he doesn't care is very odd behavior very odd very odd behavior very strange way to kind of go about dealing with that type of shit and if anything another example as to why you know the guy's in a strange place maybe career-wise act just in general you know um because this video as well as another one that's really fucking egregious and i feel like this is going to be interesting to watch from afar because i feel like academics is playing with fire here with his fans because this isn't i don't feel like the general public is that pissed off about it because I feel like the general public probably doesn't care about him. I think his fans are the ones that are maybe a bit more let down. I don't think the general public really cares, really and truly. But I think he's playing with fire with his fans when he says shit like this. But I could tell y'all, fuck off and suck dick and y'all still gonna be here. You know why? Nobody does it better than me. I'm sorry. Sorry. Nobody does it better than me. I'm sorry. Who else? If it ain't me, who y'all about to watch? Give me some names. If it ain't me, who y'all about to watch? Y'all tell me. I think he's playing with fire. I think he's tempting his fans or goading his fans into a response. Because if they if they decide to all drop him and not follow him, he's fucked. I don't think he has a lot. I don't think academics has casual fans. I think like most content creators, he has hardcore fans who ride with him. But if he decides to poke the bear too much, if he decides to tempt fate, they might they might answer his call. They might say, "All right, cool. You think you think you can just say whatever, and we're gonna still be there? 
Watch. We're not there anymore. I think he has to be very, very careful. Very, very, very careful because I think academics is also getting to that point where he's not very media friendly. He's not very brand friendly anymore. He's getting to that point where he's a bit, his reputation is a bit sullied. He's a bit of a, I won't say negative person, but he's not really looked at favorably. So he's not going to get brand deals as much as he was getting in the past. So he's going to rely a lot more on his fan base to kind of support him. So if you keep treating your fans like this or talking to them this way, don't be surprised if they pull you up on it. Don't be surprised if they kind of call your bluff. You think you can get away with what you can get away with and act the way you want to act with them? They might say, all right, cool, watch. And they might not be there tomorrow when you stream. Be very, 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 very careful. So that was obviously concerning. Another thing that was really concerning too was this clip. Somebody posted this clip on the academic subreddit of academics' on and off girlfriend talking, weirdly enough, um, on live stream about their situation. And the first thing that struck me was just how young she sounds, right? This girl called Shay, who's the girl that's behind most of academics' most embarrassing moments. She's the one that leaks all the pictures about him and all this other shit, right? It's, the first thing that struck me is how young she sounds. And then the other thing that struck me was her revealing in part that academics didn't get dropped but no he didn't they didn't mutually he didn't mutually agree to leave spotify it's actually more so that spotify decided to drop him because he wasn't fulfilling the obligations of the deal and guess why he wasn't filling the obligation of the deal because he was spending loads of time with this che girl he was you know she was cutting off his wi-fi whenever they had a, an argument so he couldn't fucking stream and do his shows so he lost the Spotify deal in part because of this girl. She stole money from him. She allegedly abused him. She allegedly cheated on him a million times. Allegedly hit his mum. And they're still together. <laughs> this guy that was always hard on thoughts. He's always screaming at OnlyFans girls and calling them whores and sluts and shit. And just, you know, being a real misogynistic pig. He's out here getting absolutely played with by a literal teenager. I think she might be, or not, by, by a very young girl, maybe in her early 20s. This girl in her early 20s has academics wrapped around her little finger. It's absolutely hilarious. Let's play the clip. Why would y'all see me, like, taking shots and doing all this shit? But it's kind of weird because nobody brought up the story about the rape situation, but except for him. Like, he brought it to the... So he brought it up because... So that girl talking now at the top is Che. That is Academics' girlfriend. And the other girl, I think, is a fan or something. And they're having a, you know, they're having a fucking conversation over IG Live. But the girl that you're hearing now is Academics' girlfriend. He, was he, felt, that, he felt like you was going to bring he, it up. Yeah, yes. He was like, oh, you're going to expose me one day. I might as well air all this shit out. He's trying to do it at the house. I cut the Wi-Fi, all that. He went to a studio and did all that other shit. No. I love how she said that. I cut the Wi-Fi and all that. That's how you know she's toxic, isn't it? That's not normal. Because we have an argument, you don't get to just cut my Wi-Fi. <laughs> Babe, like, let's talk. <laughs> Babe, let's talk. Why you just cut? You can't just cut my Wi-Fi whenever we have a little tip for tat. When I don't, when I forget to wash the dishes, you can't just cut my fucking Wi-Fi. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. Like, can we have a conversation, please? Can we at least maybe argue? Let's argue at least. Let's at least shout at each other. Like, don't just cut the Wi-Fi off. Like, fucking hell, man. I haven't even got a lot of data. You know I don't have good data. You know the signal in here is not great. Come on, man. 
now it brought him extra problems. Like, you didn't have to say any of that. Now you look bad. Like, you said I did all this crazy shit to you, and you're still with me. Like, that's crazy. That's why I said I could tell that he don't really feel like it's fuck you and X, Y, Z. He had, like, he had like a 10, <laughs> he had a $10 million deal with Spotify. The shit dropped. And Did you hear that? Academics had a $10 million deal with Spotify. Now, if I'm not mistaken, the Spotify deal was like, what was it called? I think it was, it was, a, it was a show where he had interviews. And according to academics, because again, I watched a lot of his content, academics said that him and Spotify decided to part ways because they were demanding too much from him. They were asking him to do loads of interviews with artists that he didn't really care for. So he didn't want to be made to do more than he was a black, well, more, more than he was obligated to do. So he left the deal. I always thought that was a bit fishy. I was like, why would you like, because me as a quote unquote creative that doesn't believe in selling out, I always believed in the notion of like selling out with like what's it class but selling out in a way where you get money from the overground to feed your underground projects so maybe you do a placement with a big brand maybe you do a campaign with a big brand but then you use that money to kind of you know put more fire more energy more resources behind your projects that you actually care for it's almost similar like fashion photographers right fashion roadman would know this most fucking um campaigns by like for zara hm all these fucking high street brands are done by really acclaimed photographers but they never put their name on it right it's usually done up you know kind of like nameless but usually big photographers will do those campaigns for hm and zara because those campaigns pay really well but then they'll do magazine editorials for like you know id or like whatever fashion magazine exists out there system and shit they'll do those things for free or for the exposure or for a look or for the portfolio so you use the money from the big corporations to feed your kind of underground personal, you know, pursuits and passion projects. So when I heard academics say he voluntarily walked away from Spotify, I was like, that made no sense. If Spotify is giving you a check, if they're giving you a salary, like that's sick because that takes a lot, all the pressure off of your other stuff. So you can maybe use that money to do other cool things, maybe experiment, whatever it may be. Do you know what I mean? So I never really understood why he would give up the Spotify thing, especially because I always, I always felt as if as well, like academics isn't really a good interviewer. Don't get me wrong, but I still think it's important for him to have a show where he gets to interview people because he has a different perspective and he has a different sort of outlook on the industry from most outlets out there that are mostly like industry based. They're kind of really part of the corporate machine juggernaut whatever it may be he's a little bit indie a little bit in his own thing so i think it was quite important even though the interviews were never that great for him to have a platform because maybe he gets to interview other people that we won't see and maybe he just asks different questions whatever it may be so i always thought the spotify thing was shaky so it's interesting that she said it was a 10 million dollar deal and most likely he lost it because you know she keeps cutting off his wi-fi so you have to what keep buying a new router having somebody come out like so you're wasting time you're not getting the shows out on time. And I'm assuming if you've got a deal with Spotify, there are some deliverables that are non-negotiable. If they give you $10 million, you if they tell you to produce six shows, you have to do six shows. If they want those shows every fucking Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you have to drop them those days. If you don't, you know the fucking deal. So that's probably what happened. Um, now his only income is like being on social media and doing streams and shit like 
Imagine this girl talking about income when she has no job. <laughs> she's criticizing how academics makes his money, but she's sucking on his. She's suck, you know, sucking off the bosom, whatever, whatever that term is. Honestly, this is a, such a toxic relationship, but it makes me laugh because she's so young, and academics isn't that young. So it's just hilarious to see him getting twanged, getting manipulated by this young girl. It's fucking hilarious. But why why destroy the person that you're with? Like he's saying all this crazy shit about me, but But I feel like it's vice versa too. You say a lot of fuck shit about him, he say fuck shit about you. He does interviews with famous people. Like he's doing interviews with Vlad, like other famous people, like you're he's talking mad crazy about me. He tells me like not so like you feel like because he's doing it on a bigger platform that he's taking it far farther or is working. Imagine not being able to talk about your girlfriend on a pl- on a public platform if you so wish. Imagine her saying, "If you talk about me, I'm a cut off your Wi-Fi. If you talk about me, I'm a sell your fucking dick. I'm a send your dick pic to Adam Twenty Two. Imagine, like, can I can I moan? Can I express my feelings on the podcast about like how tough it is? Like what? Huh? Like, imagine your boyfriend going on a famous platform talking the worst shit about you when y'all beefing. And like still being with you. Like, I mean, I agree about the Aunt Glizzy um, interview that he did. Like when he came back, I, I heard like, oh, I was listening to it in a, while we was in the car. And I'm like, why he, why he got like somebody going in on his relationship and his girl when I know for a fact in the next couple streams, um, you're going to see her walking by or, you know. He was with me the next day. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't know. I can't. I don't. I don't know. So only you know him. He's for a hater. Girl, so I don't care. He's a hater. Literally, and he knows like this relationship shit is getting views. That's why he's saying all this crazy shit about me, but still being with me every day. I don't get it. And why do you feel like you still with him? I mean, like, when you in love with somebody, like, you, you, you excuse a lot of stuff. So, basically, academics and this girl are Crayshon and fucking Blueface. I'm going to be honest. Like, if I wasn't in love with him and I only cared about the money, like, we would have been done, to be honest. Mm, the money helps. Let's be real. The money helps because she's not with Axe for his fucking good looks or for his irresistible charm, is she? Let's be real. The money does help, right? The guy is like a multi-millionaire, legitly. And he doesn't really have many dependables, right? Like, it's just him and his mum, basically, right? One of the rare black people that you'll meet that isn't sending back hundreds of thousands to family abroad. So he's got a lot of disposable income. I think that helps, right? Getting a G-Wagon for your birthday is pretty nice, I reckon. I <laughs> don't know. I feel like, you know, people are going to assume that you only were him for one thing. So yeah. it's not... It's it's not much that either of y'all could say that's gonna make the the anybody look at your relationship. There she is. There she is, Che Glizzy, the one that's holding academics down. Wagwan girl, in a positive light, especially after all the accusations and all the back and forths and breaks up breakups. They were so saying I, negative stuff about me before we even went like public basically anyway you get the gist of it so um again some people would say this is academics is karma 
again, I don't believe in karma, but some people would say this about all the negative stuff he's put out there, how he's, how he's spoken bad about certain people, blah, 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 blah. I just think this is just more of a situation of a guy that doesn't really have much experience with girls finding one girl and unfortunately that one girl being not the best companion for him at this time poor timing obviously lack of experience is more the reason why i think so it's less to do with you know anything else i think it's more to do with the fact that he doesn't really have much experience with girls doesn't really have much life experience in general and unfortunately he met a girl that although she's very young she's very wise beyond her years you know she seems to be very clocked on she seems to know how to run, you know, run guys' pockets. She knows how to, like, make them fall in love. You know, that kind of shit. Like, she's very grown in that respect. So he's just unlucky that he bumped into this girl. And she made him, f she made academics feel like he's fucking Rick Ross, right? She made him feel like a fucking boss. And now he doesn't want to let her go, even though she's legitimately his biggest op. She's one of his biggest ops, way more than Meek Mill, Make way more than Little Baby, way more than Metro Boomin, way more than Vic Mensa, way more than Rory or Moore. That Shay Glizzy girl is the biggest reason, is the biggest um op that he has, and probably the one person who, if someone could bring down the house of academics, is Shay Glizzy. So he has to watch his P's and Q's. He really needs to be very careful because if there's one person that can end it all for him and literally get his lights turned off, it's her. But hey. You know, when you're in love, when you're P-U-S-S-Y whipped, there's no convincing you otherwise. And I think most of you guys will know this. Most of the guys in the stream chat who've had friends who've fallen madly in love with girls who are very bad for them, there's no convincing them that that person's not a good fit. You just have to let it play out and be there for your friend when it all falls apart. There's nothing you can say to convince, to 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 kind of talk them, you know, to get through to them they're just not gonna have it they're not gonna have it so you just you just have to wait and then you know when the inevitable happens you're gonna be there for your friend like we all are but we've all experienced it. i'm sure we have and that's what happened with act but unfortunately he doesn't really have any friends you know or the friends he does have they're like little boom you know what i mean imagine taking relationship advice from a guy that's touching kids in supermarkets <laughs> could never be me bro could never be me um but yeah big up the stream chat big up everybody tuning in appreciate all of you if you're enjoying the stream you like what you see you see what you like please make sure you're liking the stream do me a fucking favor and like the stream i don't ask for much but like the stream if you enjoy what you see and you like what you see you see what you like you hear what you like make sure you're liking the stream that's all i ask of you okay that's all just like the stream cool anyway moving on moving on have you guys seen this absolutely tragic news tragic news for the one and only p diddy diddy is in absolute a bit of spot and bother here because of this crazy situation with diageo so if you guys don't know um before diddy got kind of cancelled for the madness was going on with cassie with him being accused of rape and abuse and all that sort of shit um diddy was actually going through a pretty extensive and pretty deep lawsuit with diageo um the company that owns uh Ciroc, the company that also owned his other company his other whiskey brand no liquor brand i think it was called a um fucking Delion or something like that um but anyway they're a big group and they obviously were in partnership with diddy earlier on with Ciroc. if i'm not mistaken the history of Ciroc is that 
Diddy didn't actually start Ciroc. Ciroc was a brand before. It was a vodka before. But what Diddy did was that he became a brand ambassador for Diageo representing Ciroc. And then over time, because he was doing so well for Diageo and helping him shift loads of bottles, um, he then was given an opportunity to develop his own flavors. That's when he started to do all the pineapple and all this sort of shit down the line, right? And watermelon and stuff, whatever it may be, right? I'm no racist. So um, he then decided to launch another brand um, called, I think, Delion, right? Is it Delion? I think it's called Delion, if I'm not mistaken. I think, yeah, Delion. And then I guess throughout, somewhere along the line, um, he, did, he got into a spot of bother where he accused Diageo of racism. And essentially, it kind of felt like a play. It felt a little bit like a play. You know, maybe he wanted to get out of the deal. He couldn't get out of it. Maybe he felt like he was being underpaid. So he tried to, you know, during the whole kind of, you know, BLM, George Floyd thing, he decided to put a lawsuit together for the whole fucking thing to get, you know, um, to racial discrimination because he felt like he wasn't being, you know, maybe respected or honored the way he felt because of his skin color. Well, guess what happened? Because of all the Cassie shit, look what happened now. Diageo and Diddy settled lawsuit. They settled the lawsuit. So I guess I remember seeing this article or this TikTok of some lady who was a lawyer basically saying that Cassie's lawsuit against Diddy was very smart because I think her lawsuit meant that he got attacked. He All of his businesses and brand deals also got attacked off the back of it. I guess because she might have, you know, because of the large number that she was asking for in terms of retribution, in terms of a 30 million, maybe that's what impacted it. But basically that lady on TikTok just basically described how that lawsuit also triggered all the other companies that Diddy owns or works for to be somewhat complicit or in involved in it. So obviously, naturally... If they're all involved in it, guess what's going to happen? They're going to cut you the fuck off. So that's what's, that's what's kind of partly happened here. So let's read the actual article. It says, Leading spirits firm Diageo um, and rapper Sean Diddy Combs have released a joint statement settling their legal dispute. The full statement reads, Sean Combs and Diageo have now agreed to resolve all disputes between them. Mr. Combs has withdrawn all allegations about Diageo and will voluntarily dismiss his lawsuits against Diageo with prejudice. So the lawsuit he put forth about, you know, racial discrimination, he's going to end it himself, like, done. Like, we both agreed, stop the dispute, because it's not going anywhere. The Adjo and Mr. Combs are, have no ongoing relationship, either with respect to Ciroc, Vodka, or Delion Tequila, which Diageo now solely owns. So the brand that he started in collaboration with Diageo, Delion Tequila, Diageo now owns 100% of it. So Diddy lost not only the Ciroc deal, he also lost the brand that he started in collaboration with Delion. And what makes this really fucking crazy is this. If you remember correctly, the reason why Diddy became a billionaire, the reason why Diddy got billionaire status is because of Diageo. That Diageo deal is what actually took him to billionaire status because I think if you read a lot of like, you know, entrepreneurial businessy type stuff, they always say like liquor is like a real big money earner. The margins on liquor and the money that can be made in the liquor industry are crazy, which is why a lot of celebrities kind of get involved in it. So even though Diddy was doing amazing business-wise and all these kind of ventures, the real thing that kind of took him to that billionaire status was the Diageo thing. So losing this is a big deal because that's going to harm his net worth, harm his other future earning potentials. Because you'd imagine too, working with a group, a corporation like Diageo, Yes, you get to work with them and do whatever, but I'm assuming as well, at, at a certain level of richness and wealth, 
it's less about the money and more so about the networking, the connections that you build. So most likely, even though they pay you well, even though you get good splits, the real difference maker of that collaboration or that partnership with Yejo is the contact list, is the, is the phone book, is the introductions that can be opened up or available to you because you work with Diageo, because you work with so-and-so executives, so-and-so CEO, so-and-so CFO. All of these people are people that you only would have access to once you get in business with these type of people. So that's probably going to do real big damage to him financially. Like, So don't be surprised if something crazy happens with him down the line because this is a big fucking deal. Um, it continues. In June 2023, Diageo, um, uh, sorry, Combs alleged that the drinks giant Diageo neglected Delion Tequila, which they co-owned at the time because of his race. In the same month, Diageo severed ties with Combs and described his lawsuit as a sham. That already was a bad sign, right? He files a lawsuit. The Diageo group gets pissed off that he filed it because it's, they feel like it's like without any merit and then they fire him. Either that's them admitting that there was a problem or it's that's them saying, hey, you know what? You're just a horrible person to work with. Go get fucked. Who knows? It continues. Um, in October 2023, Diageo countersued Combs. So he sues them. They fire him. Then they countersue him. <laughs> that lets you know how much of a horror show Diddy was to work with behind the scenes that they would go this length, right? Instead of just wiping their hands, cleaning, walking away, the fact that they countersued tells you everything. Alleging that the leverage, sorry, that, that he leveraged allegations of racial animus to extort the firm. The two parties first began partnership in 2007 with Combs helping the brands um, to, to market Ciroc. They announced an equal partnership to buy Delion Tequila in 2014. In late 2023, Combs was faced with legal uh, um, action, lawsuit, sorry, against, with Cassie, his ex-girlfriend, alleging rape and sex trafficking. But he had a partnership with Diageo since 2007. God damn, bro. That's why being a creep and being an abuser really doesn't pay. It really doesn't pay in the long term because, yes, your reputation suffers, but these type of people don't really care about that sort of stuff. To them, it's all about the money and the power and that sort of stuff, right? Well, that's also going. Your reputation's done for. And now the thing that you care about the most, money, is now, like, not even slowly, it is rapidly decreasing. Every brand deal, every brand that kind of cuts ties with him is more money, you know, that he's not getting in his bank account. So solidarity with did with Cassie. Um, bad times, obviously, there for the one and only P Diddy. But again, you know, he can't really complain. He has no right to complain, really. It kind of is what it bloody is. So moving on from that, moving on from that. Let's talk about Coachella. So Coachella have released their 2024 lineup. And I have to say, this might be one of the best lineups that they've had for a long time. I said earlier before that I think this might be the best lineup since 2017. I think 2017 was like Beyonce, Coldplay, Bruno Mars or something, right? Like on the free days, like insane headliners, right? Especially, again, don't think about Coachella as like your own music taste. Think about it in situ, of it being in LA, of it, you know, well, near enough to LA, of it being in the States, of it being really warm, of it being full of normies. Like, just imagine what that crowd will kind of like. And these type of lineups, I feel like, would be right on the button. So for this year's lineup, on the three days, they have Lana Del Rey headlining, Tyler the Creator, and Doja Cat. And then they had the special edition of fucking No Doubt. 
what a great lineup. What an amazingly good, decent, well-balanced, entertaining and fun lineup that is. That's a real fun show. So I really cannot wait to see all of these headlines perform via live stream. That's one of the great things about Coachella, even though I've never been and I would love to go obviously sometime in the future. The live streams are brilliant. The whole live stream platform, the fucking channels they have on YouTube, it works so fucking well. I don't think there's been a year where you haven't been able to watch it with like perfect, you know, no interruptions, no fucking dropping signal. Even though I think people always say whenever you go to Coachella, allegedly the the signal, like most festivals, actually there isn't great. But they somehow managed to actually stream the whole entire festival for the most part even you know some of the early opening acts um from the start of the festival all the way to the end on both weekends which is pretty impressive so on the first weekend with the headliner lana del rey you've also got supporting acts peso pluma who i'm a big fan of love him i think he's going to do really well there of course especially with the you know with the Hispanic community not being too far or, or being in, ingrained in fucking LA. He's going to absolutely smash there. Little Uzi Vert will be great. Justice will be awesome, right? Back on their field. Bazap will be great. Deftones will be awesome. There's a, been a resurgence of Deftones everywhere. There's Peggy Goo playing. Big up Peggy Goo uh, performing there. That would be pretty entertaining to see her performing at Coachella. I would love to see that set. Actually, I might re react to that live. Sabrina Carpenter, the pop princess, is going to be there. Ken Carson. We've got Skepta performing. Sick UK stand-up. Faye Webster. We've got Tyler. By that time, her album would have dropped, so it'd be nice to see her perform. Um, Gorgon City. Tinashe. Oh, Tinashe. Nice look for her. I didn't see her. Big up Tinashe. That's a very good look. Um... Who else we got here? We got more grab, Kevin the Reeves, a lot of DJs here, narrow head, skin on skin, um, Simmer Fank, Miss Monique, and then of course the Saturday, maybe my best, my favorite lineup, Ty the Creator is gonna absolutely kill it. I feel like from all the free headliners, I honestly think Ty the Creator might be the best performer. And I think because he cares the most about music and about putting on a good show, and he's really about the art and the craft, and whatever it may be, I think he's going to show out the most. I think Lana Del Rey is going to do well. It'll be a whole, it'll be like a karaoke there with her records, right? She's got banger after banger after banger. But I think in terms of putting on a show, Tyler Creator and Doja Cat will go head to head, but I think Tyler will win. He's going he's gonna to really invest a lot of money into the performance, into the stage show, the set design. Like, he's going to go ham. It's going to be really fun. I'm looking forward to that. Then you've got Blur, as well uk stand-up ice spice um who would i like your jungle oh jungle are performing wow big up a story to tell appreciate you brother while i agree diddy is a creep he is getting the same coordinated spanking they gave kanye only difference is kanye is not a sexual deviant yeah, yeah of course of course of course but also i feel like the diddy thing as much as it is a coordinated spanking i also feel like these spankings are like they're they're they were in the makings for a while because they're pieces of shit, right? Diddy clearly wasn't the greatest guy behind the scene, I don't think. So I think people are using this as an excuse to, again, like I said before, kick his back in. That's the problem. So I think that's the lesson from this is obviously not to be a creep, but also don't be a piece of shit to people. If you're a piece of shit to people and your, your time comes and, it, and, no, and the time does come where you get cancelled, no one's going to protect you. No one's going to help you. If anything, people are going to want to kick you. They're going to stomp on your head. Do you know what I mean? They're going to want to spit on you. Like, because they've now got an opportunity to do so. So it is what it is. Um, but big up um, a story to tell. 
Um, so I said, yeah, Bleachers, Gr- oh, Grimes is performing, John Baptiste, Charlotte the Whip, shit DJ, uh, Blast. Oh, sick. Blast is on there. Oh, sick lineup. Big up. That's an LA native. Big up Blast. Um, we got Scream and Benga performing. Wow. Dubstep, um, you know, OGs. Scream and Benga performing there. Destroy Lonely. Imagine if Destroy Lonely has a track with Scream and Benga. I'd love to hear that, bro. A remix. Imagine. Actually, I think a lot of those guys, like, um, what's his face? Ken Carson, Destroy Lonely. I think a lot of those guys will sound really good on Breakbeats. Breakbeats, Jungle. I think you could mix, remix a lot of their vocals on those tracks. I wish I could actually produce. Like, I think you could make a really good record out of some Destroy Lonely vocals on some Breakbeat stuff. Um, Kevin Abstract performing there. Blessed Madonna performing DJ. Who else we got here? Um, we got Orphorix, Point Never, Young Fathers. Oh, I love Young Fathers, one of my favorite bands. Um, who else we got? We've got Brutalism. We also have Will Carter. And we also have, who else we got here? Maze, Eric the Grace. And then on the Sunday, Doja Cat headlining. Other acts, we've got J Balvin. I think J Balvin is terrible. You know what? I think he's terrible. He's, he's outfits. I hate J Balvin's outfits. He dresses like, he dresses like he's got crystals in his pockets. If that makes any sense. J Balvin looks like he has crystals in his pockets. I hate how he dresses. He just annoys me. I don't know why. I don't know. I hate J Balvin. Um, Junior Aiko. Um, oh, is that uh? That's the band, right? Kuru Gambin. That's I think that's the band that does great covers. Um, you got John Summit playing. Oh my God, one of the worst DJs in the world. <laughs> Big up John Summit. Lil Yatty performing. DJ Snake, The Rose, Renee Renee Rap, uh, Bebe Rexa, Coyle Ray, Nav, Bicep. Oh, nice Bicep book in there. So yeah, good lineup. Um, very, very stacked. DJ Seinfeld is obviously on there as well. Follamore. Follamore, they love him, isn't it? I think he plays at um, Coachella quite often. Big up Follamore. Um, so yeah, a bunch of DJs, a bunch of live acts, really good headliners. Lando Ray, Tyler Creator, and Doja Cat. Coachella 2024 will be absolutely banging. So if you get be able to get a ticket, you should try to go because that lineup looks absolutely fucking stellar, right? Absolutely stellar. Moving on. News courtesy of RA. We've got this news that filled me with so much fucking joy because I had such a good time at this location. I haven't been able to go back for a while, but I went this to this place before the hype. I'm going to pat myself on the back for that. I went to this location before the whole internet did because everyone's now going to fucking Japan. Before that, everyone was going to Mexico City. Then people were going to Ibiza. There's all these like influencer... I've actually got a... I think there was a t-shirt by Heron Preston, right? Heron Preston, I think, made a really funny t-shirt. I think it was like the Influencer World Tour. And I think at the back of it, it had like all the places that influencers go to, like, you know, from fucking, um, I don't know, from uh, the art festivals to the fest, to the, to the festivals to the cons to the fashion weeks um to the trade show things there was a list of locations a list of places um and i wish maybe there's a one that you could do nowadays because of you know the the kind of popularity of aspen um obviously i mentioned ibiza greece is starting to pop off again um corsica places anyway whatever it may be the place i'm talking about is bali and what i'm talking about is this news courtesy of ra dj harvey opens a new club called climax discotheque in bali I cannot, I've, I've been looking for an excuse to go back to Bali. Um, I went to Bali, I'm going to say, was it 27, was it 2007? 
It might have been somewhere along those kind of years. Maybe it was like 2010 or something. Crazy. I went so long ago and it was obviously way cheaper than it is now. I think it's still very, very cheap. But what a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful place. Like amazing from the food to the weather to the hospitality. Like everything was actually incredible. Actually, one of the best things I did in Bali was that the place that we stayed at, for some reason had loads of really cool leather shops like if you've been to bali maybe you know what i'm talking about there's this place where there's all these cool places that's that basically these guys make handmade leather goods wallets and bags and whatever it may be and we went to this one place where we literally cleared out the place we bought so many wallets and bags and shit from them and then we went to this other place that sold loads of bags you know whatever really cheaply as well that was also good and then i remember one thing also being really amazing in bali was this great restaurant i went to there that did really good barbecue for some reason they had this amazing place it was almost like i think it was like built into like um like you know crates like they kind of built the restaurant into like a crate thing so it kind of looked like you were on like you know um you were basically eating inside of a crate and they served you the, the, the thing in a metal tray as well. And you had this amazing barbecue with like some ribs and sausages and shit. Like, oh, the food in Bali was good. So this is a good excuse for me to go to Bali because DJ Harvey is one of my favorite teachers of all time. So if he's opening a nightclub in Bali, I will be there. I will be there. So let's read the blurb. DJ Harvey is opening a new club in Indonesia island of Bali. Look how it looks already. Look at that. Look at just the disco ball and the lights. Look how nice that looks already. Um, launched on New Year's Eve, Climax Discotheque features a custom-built sound system and is part of a beachfront venue, Dessa Potato Head. Um, funny enough, I think, I think Potato Head is, is the place where the former design director of... I forgot what that retail store is called in Dawson that does fashion, but I'm pretty sure that's the place that that guy moved to. He was a former, I think he was a former buyer or something for that store. And he went over to Bali and he set up that place, um, Potato Head. I think it's a hotel as well they've got there and a restaurant maybe as well. But anyway, let's continue. Open on Fridays and Saturdays from 10 p.m. through to 4 a.m. The place has been five years in the making, according to DJ Harvey, whose extended sets have been a regular occurrence at Dessa Potato Head over the years. Bali-based acts such as Gero, Rainbow Disco Club affiliate Dita have been named as residents so far. Bookings for the month in January include Manfred, Carl Craig, Tornado Wallace, Kiman Foxman, Courtney Bailey, Archie, and whoever that last bitches it continues in addition to climax disco this potato head comes um is home of its own club a radio station listening bar and record store called headstream plus studio escotica a vinyl library and studio space for updates from climax visit website so here's a picture of my g my goat dj harvey one of the greatest djs of all time up there with ricardo Villalobos for me up there with gerd jansen for me up there with dj hell up there with fucking Carl Craig, up there with fucking Seth Troxler, like absolutely goats for me. And DJ Harvey's one of my goats. Like I've literally gone, I've literally flown around the world to see this guy play. I literally went to fucking Berlin one time and paid, you know, way too much for a flight, way too much for a hotel to go and hear him play for fucking six hours. And it might've been one of the best experiences I've ever had. So if I'm just, if I can see him in Bali, I'm going to do so. The club looks amazing. You've got his, you know, um, his iconic, I wouldn't say he's iconic, but what he's known for in terms of playing with a rotary mixer. Um, you've got all of the, look at the turntables stacked. I love the actual, the layout. So you have two CDJs um, on either side of the massive rotary mixer. And then you have three turntables there, three vinyl turntables next to each other. I've not really seen a, a setup like this. It's kind of weird because you have to kind of lean quite over the fucking you know the unit to kind of play your vinyls and shit 
it's a bit wild, but I'm sure it works um, well. And then obviously you've got the actual club itself. I love the wood. I'm assuming this is good for um, acoustics. It probably makes it way more warm. Um, the sound probably bounces off the walls and the floor and the ceiling way way easier. The disco ball right there in the middle as well looks fucking great. All the lights on the side, absolutely beautiful. I love everything about it. So um, big up Climax Discoteca. I really want to check this out one day soon. I really do want to check this place out one day soon. Next, I want to talk about this because I'm really excited about these because I think this is probably one of the best Adidas collaborations I've seen in recent history. So um, this Instagram page that I've been following for a while called Heart Copy have collaborated with Adidas on a really interesting pair of shoes. They're called the Adidas BW Army Collab and they look very similar to a pair of shoes that most of you would be aware of um, by Margella. I think they're called, basically they're Army Sneaker, but I think they're typically called the GAT, G-A-T um, sneaker. But it's a similar sil silhouette from a Margella, um, what do you call it, Army shoe or just a conventional Army trainer which essentially looks like a samba without the long tongue and usually has a bit of a suede um, toe box at the front. Um, really nice silhouette, really nice shape, um, very easy to wear. And this Heart Copy collaboration is amazing. Heart Copy is a really cool Instagram page where essentially they document like, you know, streetwear and sneaker culture, as you can see here. And they do it in a really cool way where they have these, every post has this text and blurb where they go into excruciatingly really cool detail about the shoe itself um you know instead of talking about it in shitty blurbs like hypebeast does unfortunately they actually spend some time writing um eloquently and really well about the shoes themselves and obviously documenting all of it and i think they also produce a book I guess the book is similar to that guy. I forgot his name, but that French guy who used to make a book where he documented those of hype culture stuff. But I guess they do it in probably a less glitzy, hyper, whatever way. And they just, you know, put it together how they put it together. But it's obviously really well done. Um, the art direction on the Instagram page is really great. I've kind of been checking out their page, you know, from afar here and there. So it's cool to see Adidas recognizing them because, you know, I'd assume they're quite an independent, you know, thing maybe it's run by only a couple of people um so to see a brand like adidas reach down and collaborate with somebody like this is absolutely quite cool and obviously goes to show that they've definitely got their finger on the pulse so as you can see it's a mostly white sneaker and it features the classic sort of like army um toe box here at the front which is kind of a split toe where you've got this nice suede counter at the top and then you've got this nice gum outsole on the outside and everything else is white with, I guess, white stitching as well. The inside has leather insole, which I've always been a big fan of. Um, I, I prefer that, especially if you've got an all-white shoe. Having it be like cotton or mesh is horrible because they usually stain easier. But leather, although sometimes it can be a bit uncomfortable, actually ends up kind of looking better with wear and tear and stuff. So I quite like those. I also love the fact, bonus points as well. This is just a pet peeve of mine. But I love the fact that they relaced them. That might be because whoever's behind hard copy might be an OG retail head like me right like my my have worked in retail for far too long relacing shoes and whatever you know doing standards on shop floors and stuff so this is something that i always dislike when it comes to sneakers they just have the shoes take them straight out of the box and take a picture of them this has obviously been relaced as you can see here the laces go that way over and over and under over and under if i'm being a bit nitpicky because this is the instep really this lace should be on the outside there that should be under your laces should always be over on the right and then over on the left. You know, you know, if you know, you know what I'm talking about. But I like the fact that they've relaced the shoes. That's a bonus points for me. 
Um, again, I love the silhouette. I love the little, um, is it an overstitch, I think, or chain stitch here on the top here? This little red sign. I think that might, is that might be part of their logo or brand. I'm not too sure. What's the actual logo on their site? Okay, cool. Yeah, it's this. Yeah, so I like the little tie-in with the little stitch underneath their logo name there, right? Heart copy. You've got the fucking, you know, the chain stitch there going on. And then you've also got the same thing going on here on the shoe. So that's a nice little tie-in. And then, yeah, I like this. Is that a suede heel counter as well? Is that new book or suede? They look really nice. I love them. At the back, people couldn't nurse shoes. It's fucking hilarious. I don't like the sole. <laughs> Everyone was like, okay. I really, I think I like them more because they're just, they're just plain and minimal. And they're very versatile. Like, I could easily wear them with most of my outfits without being too loud and showy. Like, look how good they look from the, from the bottom, from the bottom, from the top looking down though. That looks really cool. I don't know. They just look, you know, easy to wear, very versatile for me anywhere at least. Um, they'll go with a lot of stuff that I wear. The, the, the gum outsole is nice. I've always loved gum anyway. Gum for me is one of my favorite combos. Gum and like an ice sole. So that gum outsole looks fucking brilliant. I'm a big fan of it. Obviously the toe box, as you can see, it looks really great. And the suede would wear in really, really cool over time. So I'm a big fan of them. But when I was checking out the shoe, I was thinking to myself, why does this silhouette remind me of something? Because I didn't know at first that this shoe is actually an original Adidas. This Adidas BW Army shoe is actually part of their like lineup. It's not like something that they just did to copy the, the Margiela or the Army shoe. That's why I originally thought. I originally thought they copied the Margiela shoe. So I, look, I was thinking, I was rustling my head. What does this remind me of? Then I remembered, oh yeah, it kind of reminds me of the Busanets. Do you remember these? These are the fucking, one of the first adidas skateboarding shoes that i bought back in the day um a businitz right which essentially um, I, I think that the skater's name is dennis businitz as well right really cool really really great skater and this is his first pro shoe with adidas and essentially it takes inspiration from like the samba or i guess like an indoor soccer shoe and you've kind of got that same sort of like outsole that you have on that army shoe but then you have this extended tongue i think maybe copper mondial maybe the inspiration but the only thing i didn't like about these when i first bought them is that the toe box is really slim and really narrow and it makes your toes kind of crunch up but at first i thought the outsole or the mold the tooling for the um, bw that added that shoe was taken for the busnets then i thought you know what it couldn't be them maybe it's this model, which most of you probably wouldn't be aware of. It's called the AS250 from Adidas, which is another model that features a similar sort of outsole, kind of a similar type of toe box. But then again, it kind of is a bit more flat and more of a zero drop, as you can see there. Whereas this hard copy comes up a little bit more on the heel. So I decided to check again. And I thought to myself, maybe it's a combination of the Special. Maybe it's a Special. Maybe that's where the fucking outsole comes from or the tooling because I couldn't imagine Adidas kind of starting building this shoe from the ground up from scratch. But that might be what happened. They might actually have built this up from scratch again and got it from their archives. I'd love to know how Hard Copy came about this model. Did Adidas propose this model to them to collaborate on because they're going to try and build on the success of the Adidas Samba the last couple of years and introduce this to the market? Or did Hard Copy go into the Adidas archives and pull this out and say, no, we want to do this collaboration. I wonder, I'd love to know what happened, actually happened. Um, but there's also some more pictures here. Oh no, I think we've seen those pictures already posted on Instagram of hard copy two showing some more information there. Hard copy Adidas details pending, but we haven't got any more information regarding the release date or how much there'll be. So it's pretty great to see this collaboration again, um, you know, Adidas reaching back and working with a smaller company. 
Um, let's actually read the article here. It says, following the well-received teas, hard copy coroners Timothy Soon and Sam Leroy have shared a closer look at the up-and-coming BW, producing collaboration with Adidas, as well as a few exclusive details on what to expect. In a conversation with Adidas, with Hypebeast, oh shit, there are more details, okay, cool. Leroy explained that the collaboration came together almost as if it was fated, with one of the spontaneous encounters with a contact named Hugo in London a few years ago, leading to several others that would see the, con the concept accelerated in the right t terms. As for the design, Leroy shared that, so somebody called Hugo is the one that put it into place. Big up Hugo. Nice to see. Um, according to, as for the design, Leroy shared that we wanted to conserve the German army sneaker, the GAT, the GAT, classic form, not de deviating from the gummy sole and the two-tone uppers in any way. The only tweaks we've made were the pull away, um, the typical suede T-toe, instead pushing Nubuck. Okay, oh, so it's Nubuck. I thought it was suede. Okay, this will wear in really fucking well then. Okay, that's lovely. I like that. That Nubuck edition has definitely got my dick hard. Um, Nubuck on the panel. Originally, we spoke about the more exotic materials like walls, but the end result was a really buttery Nubuck that I'm in love with. On top of this, we placed some asymmetric hard copy branding on the left and right feet for a nice personal touch. Leroy further expressed that the shoe ties into what hard copy is all about, and that exemplifies the mission of providing context of footwear products new and old. Love that. He shared that the GAT is a silhouette with such rich history that is very often overlooked. We hear a lot about replicas, but the fact that this is a collaboration with Adi that showcases the real original GAT love it it's funny though he says that because most likely because of the reception the shoe got online because everybody was fucking creaming their pants when they saw it it's gonna get replica to fuck they're gonna fucking the rep machines are already revving that's a funny thing you know so <laughs> we'll definitely see replicas of the replica very soon Rec looking forward he ad added that hard copy aims to take a role of culture catalog while also contributing and developing the culture through product launches activations and more i love it as for the release of the hard copy BW Army, Leroy didn't share much detail on the price or the drop mechanisms, but it's teased that the shoe will be launching in March and they'll be free to lucky people around the world. So they're going to give away free pairs. Nice. Hopefully they do a real in-store release because there's something about the page that I like that kind of harkens back to the good old days. I hope they do a pop-up shop release thing, like an actual old school queue up type of situation. That's going to be pretty sick. I'd love to see that. Might see some old faces back in the queues again if he does that because I think that shoe's going to bring out all the fucking old freaks like myself to go buy some of these books or some of these shoes, sorry. So there's more pictures there, of course, I think from the guys. <clears throat> you see the boxes of the shoes. You see them lacing them up there and then the, obviously the picture in front of the box as well. Looks pretty cool. I love it. I love the shoe. Can't wait to purchase them. Hopefully when they do eventually drop and then we'll see when that happens. But big up Hard Copy, big up Adidas for reaching out to smaller brands or smaller platforms that are just getting a name, you know, putting a name out there and obviously giving everyone else their hope. They do have to be some big wig to get these opportunities. And obviously whoever that Hugo person was for is reaching out. That's almost sick to see. Anyway, my friends, it's been almost three hours. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for putting up with my drunken, crazy, idiot, idiotic ramblings. I do appreciate that. Thank you for tuning in. It's been a pleasure, never a chore. If you've enjoyed the show and you're watching the live stream, please make sure that you like the stream down below. If you're listening via the fucking, you know, audio app, please make sure that you give me a five-star review on any platform that you're listening to. That would be greatly appreciated so that people can see that there's a user base and a listener base out there, people that like what I do. That would be greatly appreciated. 
And for those of you who want to come back later, keep checking out my channel, all my stuff, all that good shit. You know how it is. If you listen via the audio podcast, you will hear my tune of the day playing. If you're listening to the audio side, you'll hear my tune of the day playing. Um, I'm actually might switch it last minute. Come, I'm actually gonna do Rory. See how this thing goes. That'll be my tune of the day instead of what's in the description. So my tune of the day is Rory. See how this thing goes. Listen to it with the audio side of the pod. You hear under my voice. If you're watching it with the video thing, you won't hear anything, and I'll just fade to black. But for now, my friends, peace out. Take care. Bye. On the streets, ten toes. See me in a club with at least six hoes in my section. But you, who I'ma leave with though? Got you to bust down AP wrist rolls. Passage aside on my two hundred thousand dollar vehicle. I know niggas probably think we leasing those. No, got them by the fleet and you're sweet like candy. Your love I can't escape from, but you my little secret though. Well, not a secret, but keep shit low. I'm the man in my city, big chief on my homes. Whoa, who you know got game like that? What other young nigga getting changed like that? Said you done fucking with me, but you came right back. Cause you ain't never came like that. Facts. Giving it all just for a minute Yeah.